0: Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast episode 66. As you heard from the little soundbite intro there, we are yeah. back in the basement to, d- to discuss another week of wrestling. I'm your host back with my co-host and teenage son Jackson. Say hello, Jack. Hi. Well, we finally made it, right? We are long story short, 3 of the 4 members of our household have next. week. five. five uh, the, of the five counting the cats, Counting the cat. Yeah, she always has the week off. But everybody but your younger brother, shall we say, has next week off of work and school. So it's been a very challenging beginning to this school year. So we are all really looking forward to a week off. So we may have a little more energy today than normal, just knowing we've got a full week of not too much planned. Maybe a couple trips to see a couple friends. I think my parents are going to come up tomorrow. And then just a lot of time to do what we want to do for a week, which is fantastic. If you are a new listener, welcome. Returning listeners, welcome back. If you'd like to contact us about anything wrestling related or anything really, it's fnswrestling at gmail.com, fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram. Yes. Or you can leave a comment in YouTube if that's where you happen to be listening. Yeah. And so what's new with you, Jackson? Anything exciting to talk about? You had two tests yesterday. Uh, Or no, one got canceled. Yeah. That's nice. And the other one you did pretty well on. Yeah. We already got the results back. But anyways. So how was your week other than that? Exciting? Yes, definitely. Very. School Super is always exciting. exciting. Yes. Cold weather has moved in, right? We had a bit of a lingering, really nice... It was pretty nice, cold uh, last morning. Yeah, we had really nice lingering warm weather for usually by now. It's already getting cool, right? Because we're coming up on Halloween and it seems like a lot of Halloweens, it's like cold and raining, right? So we kind of have had really nice... Because
1: Halloween has to be miserable. Of
0: course. We had really nice weather up until about yesterday. So I don't know if the nice weather's gone, but... Living where we live in southern Ontario, we do get pretty severe winters, so I guess it's on its way in, yeah. but not much new. I just want to
1: like snow like crap near Christmas, and then...
0: I like snow. I like winter, so I'm one of those weirdos that really I, likes I, winter. I
1: don't mind it. Yeah, I like it.
0: So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't have too much exciting to talk about for my week, really. I don't know. Anything exciting for you? No. Nothing not exciting? Really. Do you want to get right into talking about some wrestling? Yeah. Let's do that. So our first segment as most of you probably know by now is going to be uh, where we talk about some wrestling news and rumors so the ratings obviously i do not have dynamite's ratings for this week still yet to happen it has it is happening tonight i saw
1: a thing that um so because bound for glory is also tonight so it is that'll be kind of interesting it
0: is um yeah that's right so i i'm probably going to watch both at some point obviously not simultaneously but um so last Saturday then a week from today that edition of AEW Dynamite drew 727,000 viewers which is down almost 31 percent drew a 0.28 in the key 18 to 49 demo which is also down over 24 percent uh so I think the easiest comparison obviously they're going to lose some numbers moving from their normal time slot on a wednesday night to a saturday night where but people I,
1: I do believe they advertise their back next week
0: right people do have more to do generally on a saturday and there is more options sports wise probably on that saturday night so I think the best comparison would be to look at the last Saturday Night Dynamite episode, which was on June 26th, and it drew a 649,000 viewers and a 0.21 in the demo. So the one from this past Saturday, the numbers are better than that. I think that's the most fair comparison I could find. So it seems like maybe those October 16th numbers aren't that bad. I don't really know, but it's obviously down from the million, just over a million they usually get on Wednesday but compared to other Saturdays that they've done, it doesn't seem too bad. So I I imagine they're okay with it. I don't really know, but the numbers don't seem that bad to me. So Tuesday, the live Halloween Havoc go-home edition that we obviously loved a lot. You'll hear us talk about it. That's coming up, I guess. Um, It drew 606... thousand viewers so down again just over four percent though not a big drop and drew a 0. 0.14 in the 18 to 49 demographic which is down 6.66 percent um on episode 66 that's a lot of sixes flying at us right Six. so to be fair um this week's nxt did have strong competition from the nba that's just started up and major league baseball which is just finishing up in the playoffs but still this is the lowest viewership since the taped episode on September 1st and is the seventh lowest audience of this year for NXT so far. So it sort of feels like it's how we feel. It seems like a few people are just kind of dropping out every week. And you're yeah. also thinking about dropping out of NXT. Pretty soon. What it, I was thinking last night, what would you think about if we do stop covering it? What about we like check in once a month or something?
1: Yeah, maybe. Or like, we'll, I'll probably
0: if they ever do pay-per-views at
1: some point if they did over i would probably look me at that, too but...
0: and then i think maybe the odd check-in i mean we're gonna at least give halloween havoc a chance next week and sort of make our decision from there but, but uh it's been nice. many many weeks of like you've been in the d to f range every week i've been in the d's to i think maybe one c minus but not one enjoyable show since it's changed right. so not to spoil a review coming up but uh so, yeah, we'll see where we stand with NXT. It seems like fans are also kind of tuning out a little bit as well. Yeah. Anything from you?
1: Um Yeah, so, hold on, let me scroll. Um, Daniel Garcia officially signed with AEW. He did. So he's with them now.
0: And they seem to love him. Like, he seems to be very, um, I don't know, people are very high on this kid. I am, too. It's just interesting. I like interesting. Him,
1: but I feel like it's, like, a lot.
0: He does get a lot of attention, right, for yeah. the amount that we have seen him so far. But I mean, hopefully, he's That's really good, good and they him. use him well. Yeah. Um, apparently, a big update on Braun Strowman and Impact Wrestling. So I did
1: see something about him. Yeah.
0: Adam Sure, right, formerly known as Braun Strowman, is expected to debut with Impact Wrestling soon. Formerly
1: known as a Rosebud as well.
0: That's true. Um, I I guess the likely assumption is that he will debut this weekend at their. I think it's their biggest pay-per-view, right? They would consider it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was the anniversary at first, but I, I do believe, like... They consider this their mania.
0: Uh, so that's yeah. Bound for Glory. It's uh, actually tonight, um, as... As we talked about, it's gonna go up against Dynamite kind of interestingly enough. So pretty it's pretty
1: good TV show versus big pay-per-view. So, so I'm actually kind of interested. Right.
0: So PW Insider is sort of saying there's a good chance he makes his debut on Bound for Glory tonight. And apparently he was spotted flying to Las Vegas yeah, from that's Chicago. That's what I read, yeah. Where obviously it's taking place in Las Vegas. So the and apparently he will use the nickname Titan as his sort of moniker going forward
1: which i feel like that would suck
0: anyways but I, I don't i don't know how i feel about it i'm i'm happier he's going to impact than aew because i just don't feel like he fits aew at no, all No, he doesn't but he he could fit in um in impact wrestling so we'll see where that goes
1: he's not terrible he's just not no, AEW. he's
0: not an AEW guy in my opinion anyways
1: no i agree with that um and brock lesnar is being advertised for royal rumble 2022
0: of course he is right,
1: and the rumored mania plan is him versus Roman Reigns for the first time ever.
0: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Um, and so he did get suspended. He did. They did. They've done this before too. I know they did because remember when Rollins cashed in? Yes, Lesnar was champion then, right? right? And then he got suspended for a while, and then came back faced Rollins at Battleground. But so they've done the Lesnar suspension angle before. It's just it's so. It's a cop out, you know what I mean?
0: And they just don't know how to build anyone else. So for their big shows, they're just like, who does, who's a name somebody oh, knows? Brock's won't Brock Lesnar, he can do one of his yeah, five so matches. Yeah, so they suspended Brock
1: again. So that kind of, for me, fuels the this rumor of him going to Mania with Roman, right? Which I hate because Roman has had a really good run, and it, it a new star or a newer star deserves to be made out of this yes and they don't know how to do they, that i don't hate care. them retreating to brock lesnar of all people every time he's already he's already held the universal title more than anyone else he doesn't need to have it again and i don't know he's just and now he has to speak for himself too yep. so we've like, said it
0: before lowest ratings ever but highest profits ever so what's their motivation to try just go back to that well right yes so, uh, I don't know. It seems like they're standard stuff. Well, I
1: mean, I might have some patience for it because, again, it is a fresh matchup, right? So yeah,
0: Super fresh. Uh, speaking of WWE main roster, there's uh, some yeah. possible plans sort of revealed. Uh. And and one I think we sort of talked about and maybe yeah, even predicted. Yeah, I, I read it, yeah. But um, regarding Hit Row, word is that Top dollar will be pushed as a singles superstar on SmackDown, according to PW Insider, while Ashanti Theodonis and Swerve Scott will be used as a tag team, of course. That is so
1: backwards.
0: Hit Row will remain together as a group with B-Fab um, probably working in the women's division. And of course, like we said, our prediction, Dala is big and Swerve is not. And Dalla yeah. is young and Swerve is not. So this ticks all the boxes for WWE main roster um, and even NXT now. Wrestling ability... Doesn't really matter that much, right? It's which about is size. what Swerve
1: has going for him. Right,
0: right? which is uh, what Top dollar is sort of still pretty inexperienced. Like, he's, pr- I think he's fine, but he he has some they're, room to grow for sure. I think they were smart sure. to
1: put him in a tag team with Adonis, who's right. not super experienced either, but he's got some talent. And, like, I don't mind a big man, little man team. And I don't know.
0: So they're just reducing Swerve before he even starts, basically, right? right. Like, already take him from the leader of this really cool group. And an awesome guy in the ring and put him in a tag team because he's that, small and um, old. And I saw that
1: apparently Apollo and Commander Z are going to be a tag well. team now. Yep. So, yeah.
0: It might even be coming up. A couple other things from the main roster. Uh WWE has obviously split up Tegan Knox and-, and Shotzi Blackheart. Which that's good for Tegan. So, word now is Shotzi will be a heel on SmackDown. Tegan will be a baby face How on are Raw. are going
1: to book her as a heel? I don't Because I hate her, but everyone loves her.
0: So they, They'll... I don't know. They And
1: for me it's gonna be go away heat.
0: They don't care what the crowd's reaction is, they just tell you, right? If you don't like it, they'll just keep ramming it down your throat. She's a heel. And That's then cool. current plans for Zia Lee are to for her to be a baby face. I saw that Smackdown. too, which
1: that also confuses me. Me like, too. If anything, I would reverse Shotzi and Lee here.
0: They're probably just changing her gimmick, right? Imagine yes, she's not. But I
1: be... see Lee working heel better than me too. Shoty and I'm surprised they resisted the urge to call up the Tian Shaw thing.
0: Yes, though that's apparently. I
1: mean, I understand them leaving Boa on the dust, but like, I'm surprised they only took Zion. Uh, I
0: think Tian Shaw gimmick's pretty much done at this point, I probably. Feel, but
1: it feels like the supernatural crap that they love.
0: Yep. Apparently, Mia Yim's gonna be a babyface on Raw.
1: I don't buy that. She sucks. And
0: as you said, a plan for another new tag team that's probably gonna be Cruz um and, and Aziz. Commander Aziz is what they think. So. I don't really know if I care much about any of this since I don't watch any I of these shows. I don't but care about
1: Mia Yim because I don't like her and I haven't seen I, her in ages. She's okay.
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with me. I don't think she's amazing, but I don't think there's any. Compared to a lot of the talent on the roster, she's fine. So I thought this might be interesting for somebody out there listening. I don't watch the main roster very much, so it's not a big deal to me. But it did seem newsworthy.
1: Except for the pay-per-views and then we get sad and then we don't watch them. Sometimes.
0: What else do you have?
1: Um, Buddy Matthews uh, set to debut in New Japan Pro Wrestling on November 13th. Who's nice. Buddy Matthews, you may ask? Good for him. Buddy freaking Murphy, yes, sir. That would be very nice. I mean, it's, very it's nice. too
0: bad because we won't see him because we don't really watch New Japan. No. Uh, but good for him. Cause that's I would,
1: a... but I don't know. I don't know where to watch it, and it might be... I don't know. I think I think I'm too late. So.
0: And we have a lot of uh, wrestling already that we As watch. It is, yes. But yeah, good for him. He got signed somewhere. I assume that's where he wanted to be. He probably had offers from a few other places. So hopefully that works out for him. And because he's pretty awesome.
1: Forbidden Door. Right. So that exactly rule out anywhere true. else.
0: Could end up in North America too. Wrestling. Right. So that's cool. Um. So what else do I have here? Impact apparently and New Japan Pro Wrestling are both interested. In former WWE NXT superstar Bronson Reed. Oh my
1: god, that was literally gonna be my next one. Is that multiple promotions are interested yep. in him? Yeah. So
0: Jonah Rock is his name now. Um apparently has a few options. Fightful select is reporting that he has interest from New Japan and Impact. And according to the report, New Japan has made quote a big play, unquote, to bring in Rock. Well, Impact has also expressed a level of interest, whatever that means. That's good, (laughs) because I I like him. How specific is that? They've expressed a level of interest. What level that is? They kind of have to, but... Right. Uh, Selfishly, I'd like to see him go to Impact because I watch it, and I think he would actually be a nice addition there. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't, like, I mean, I don't think they need to sign him, but I wouldn't mind him in AEW compared to Strowman.
0: Yes, I agree. Because he works a different style that I think would I think fit he, in right yeah he was pretty good I, I didn't love him but you started I, to by the end like him I at did least. like him I mostly and, liked him and then too. of
1: course that's when he gets released
0: right anything else
1: no you took my last one
0: I threw in one I got a couple more this one's mostly just to annoy you so because <laughs> I'm nice like that Mandy Rose says she wants to show ruthless aggression in WWE NXT because I know you love Mandy Rose. Oh,
1: yes, and a callback. So
0: uh, a comment from her on what fans can expect from her character moving forward. Uh, I would say ruthless aggression. That is what comes to my mind in the first place. My whole career has been the golden goddess, God's greatest creation. A lot of it has been based on my looks, and that is fine. Would you not suggest... Sorry, just cut her quote off in the middle, that that's still what her thing is about. she
1: literally changed her look. Right. But it's still about how hot she is, right? (laughs) Right. Like the toxic guitar. She literally said that in her promo on NXT, which we'll talk about that beautiful, beautiful piece.
0: But at the end of the day, I want to be known for my abilities, my athleticism, how hard I have trained. She
1: doesn't have abilities, though. And
0: how hard I have worked to get get where I have got and not just about my looks. Yeah, it's great to look amazing and pretty. But that won't always be there. I I think
1: it will if you if you're in a company run by Vince McMahon.
0: But I well, she's right in terms of like once she gets over like whatever the magic age is, they're gonna be like you're old, and it's significantly younger for women than it is for men, which is ridiculous. But um, anyways, she says I'm a little edgier and have a ruthless side of me. I'm excited to show.
1: So what abilities is she talking about exactly?
0: Her knee looks good sometimes.
1: No, it doesn't. I think it does. It does. I don't think.
0: I don't it's, think she's as bad as you think she is, probably but I don't. the
1: Worst knee strike I've seen.
0: I don't think she's as good as WWE thinks she is. She's somewhere in the middle.
1: I think she's bad because I've had to watch her since she came to the main roster, so I don't. Want I've been her watching her here. since before that. I don't know. I remember her in that one NXT match. Um, with it was like um during the draft because I remember that her and Deville were in that too. She's
0: I- one that suffered from being called up far too soon. Like she wasn't ready to go up, much like Dana Brooke and a few others. And they just sort never of bothered. Aren't good enough to to do what they're supposed to be doing. But anyways, the last thing I have sort of effects bound for glory. Tenille Dashwood has been pulled from that um, show. She won't be working bound for glory pay per view tonight. Digital media tonight. thingy, majiggy. She's yes, she's been replaced by Madison Rayne in the six way match for Impact's new digital media championship. And I don't think it's major news, but I thought it was interesting that there's absolutely no reason given. Nothing about an injury, nothing about anything, just that she has been taken off the show. Even her own tweet that I saw about it reveals no details about why. Because normally they'll at least say it's some sort of injury or whatever, but there was no reason given. So I found that a little bit interesting. Maybe it's nothing, but I, I... thought it was kind of interesting yeah and I think that's going to be it for me for news you have nothing left nope so let's then move into talking about that juggernaut of a television program that is NXT 2.0 so the show starts as it usually does with a quick recap of the main storyline from last week which was Carmelo Hayes cashing in his opportunity that he got from winning the breakout tournament. He cashed that in as a surprise. I don't
1: think that's how it works.
0: No, it suddenly was how it works, I guess. So he cashes in, cashes in for the North American Championship at the end of a match where... What happened? He pinned Swerve? He pinned Escobar? Yeah, he yes. Swerve. Swerve retained, right? Against Escobar. And then he...
1: One successful defense, 100-something days he, or something. Yes.
0: So, interesting. We didn't really talk about it. But how do you feel about Carmelo Hayes using this to cash in... On the secondary championship, not going for the main title with that cash-in. I mean, it makes sense. I guess it's
1: a feather in the cap with the North American title.
0: And it's just because of where he's, like, slotted, right? Like, you would think no matter what, whoever it was, if they're an ambitious person... That is
1: what happened in the first one, but then he lost to Cole...
0: Right, and so he's supposed to be this ambitious, cock- cocky, like overconfident guy, but he's not going for the main title, right? Which I thought is kind of strange. Yeah, but...
1: I guess so. And then I also, I don't, know, they really messed up Swerve here. Well, th- yeah. they were finally getting him right with Hit Row, and then, and yep. they they gave him the title, which was also a right move, and then they just totally fudged it.
0: Yeah, it's not great, but um, anyways, the that's the basically all they recap here, and then we go to Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams make their way to the ring. Alicia Taylor, the ring announcer, I guess, she introduces Carmelo as the new NXT North American champion. Trick tells her that that sounded so nice, he needs to hear her say it twice. So she does the introduction over again.
1: Which I always think is a weird thing, just, I don't know, I don't love it.
0: There was a, you deserve it chant breaks out in the crowd, I guess. and For Trick And Trick says that they look good and have money, but most importantly, they have gold, which they... I don't know.
1: Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I don't love that. Yes. Yeah. What, what did he do in this situation? Not much.
0: He says there's nothing humble about them. You can find humble in the dictionary after hell no. And he says that we're having a melebration tonight. Hayes then takes over. He says that he stepped...
1: Melebration? Whoa, it's Carmelo coming exactly back too? Same uh-huh.
0: thing. He stepped on the scene four and a half months ago and blew through the breakout tournament to prove he's the final boss. Don't Is like it? that either. Why? Because that's Mako Satamura's name, um, and she's...
1: I feel like it's only been four months.
0: She's fantastic, and she works for the same company, and you're just lifting her nickname. But anyways. Plus, I don't
1: a, even know if, like, I guess he's the final boss for Swerve in that situation, but, like, I don't know. I don't think... I, I, didn't, I don't really care about Satomura because I but like she's awesome I don't think this really tracks either way you know what I mean the whole final boss thing
0: Mello says he walked around for two months like Mello in the chocolate factory waiting for the opportunity to take what's his and then he swerved swerve he says when he shoots he doesn't miss and from this point on he's calling the shots he's the leader of the new school and it's the A championship as long as it's around his waist. He doesn't care if Champa management, or anyone else has a problem with it. Then we get the music of Johnny Gargano, and he comes out. He says that the energy in the room just changed. He doesn't think they've been introduced. He introduces himself saying he's had his eye on Melo. As someone who's held the title more times than anyone, Gargano wanted to come out and congratulate Hayes. He says that this is a melibration and it's fun. And he's having a lot of fun lately. Makes reference to bachelor parties, weddings, and honeymoons. Yay. But he says with Austin theory on Raw, indeed Hartwell now married, and Candace at home pregnant, he's lost his way. See what he did there? Mm-hmm. Genius. But not really. Kind of. Mostly, I think. He thinks what's next for him is staring him in the face being in this ring in front of these people against someone like Hayes. He says there's a first time for everything regarding Mello not missing when he shoots and suggests Hayes should take a shot at him. Trick steps in, says that Indy has been in Mello's DMs all week. And again, we get this like juvenile stuff, right? That they just kind of yeah. add in. Um, Gargano says that's funny, then mentions his son-in-law quickly and Dexter Loomis appears kind of out of nowhere behind the heels here. Hayes and trick escape and i think loomis briefly grabbed trick right and had him like in the silence or whatever i think
1: yeah or the si- i like to call it silencer i think that yeah it works was... better but yes that's yeah and then uh Hayes kind of pulls him out and then they run off but they want to get the belt and right and belt in the ring and yes. loomis is the scariest thing known to mankind so
0: right they left the belt behind when they escaped so then it was like Hayes kind of shoves trick back into the ring right so he's face to face with loomis and then they end up sort of backing away, and Loomis and Gargano share a thumbs up, right? As Hayes and Williams are out on the ramp, kind of looking angry about the whole situation. What did you think of this opening segment?
1: Um, I thought the segment was fine. I still don't think Trick Williams is very good at all, and uh, Hayes promo was fine. I thought Gargano was fine as well. I'm, I'm happy to see him back. I think Me too. he's really good, but and and he is a baby face, but it sucks that because like, he's definitely not the baby face that I want him to be, and he's affiliated with Loomis, which I just I don't think. That really helps. I feel like his underdog thing would be going up against Hayes and Trick Williams. Yes. Whereas now he has Loomis with him, and I don't know. I feel like Gargano worked as, like, the Daniel Bryan-esque underdog. Yes, for, uh, I 100% does. I feel like I don't like Loomis to, get, to begin with, but he also takes away from that babyface Gargano that I want yes, to be it's back. Like, they te- like they we're te- almost there, they te- right?
0: Yeah, they teased us that he's getting away from the right, way. Right, like, he but lost his way, not
1: but not completely. Right? right, so, like, you're like, oh, he's lost his way, and I'm like...
0: Although, to be Mostly. fair, Loomis was never part of the way.
1: Right, so but he is the embodiment and reminder of everything. He's way adjacent. Right, and he is <laughs> he is the walking embodiment of everything I dislike
0: <laughs> about the way. So I think Hayes looks good with the belt when he came out. He looked kind of like a star to me. A lot
1: of people look good with that belt, man. I, I think it looks really good on people, yeah. you know.
0: Hayes looks, he looked like a star to me, and he has good charisma. He spoke well, but for me, he's like trying to get too many phrases over right now. Like, he needs to calm down on the catchphrases a little miss, bit. Mellow, don't miss. Mellow, don't miss. That one's constant. But then I felt like there was a couple more here. Final boss. That, right, that he was introducing. Yeah. Um. I guess he did a good job of further establishing the heel character here. I think Trick was okay here because they didn't give him very much because I also don't think he's really adding much to this pairing at this point. And like you said, nice to see Gargano back. And I think this is him basically casting off the way... Uh pretty much officially and returning to that straightforward baby face mode where he is like I, I don't think you disagree, he's one of the best ever straight up pure baby faces, yep. right? So
1: Especially in NXT.
0: Even if we get something approaching that and not the way in full effect, it's a I'm step fine. in the right direction, right. at least. For sure. Uh, I think this segment was too long to start out a show for me because I like a match, as you know, near the beginning or at the beginning.
1: Yeah, but this show's dumb, so.
0: I'm not not sure about Loomis and Gargano together either, but I thought Hayes and Gargano did a fine job here, at least. Mm -hmm. We then move to our first match of the night, and it's Odyssey Jones versus Andre Chase. Um, So Chase is doing the Chase University segments, and he's sort of been using those to take shots at Odyssey Jones, who I guess has had enough of it. So it starts out with a chase headlock and a kick that does little other than make Odyssey Jones angry. We get a shoulder tackle to Chase, and then Jones throws him across the ring a couple times. We get a second rope drop kick and some double stomps by Chase. Jones then powers out of the uh, a cover attempt. The classic, like big man, throws him off the pinfall yep, attempt, can't not. and then takes over the match after catching a, a one more punch that sort of again like triggers him, I guess, and makes him angry more than anything
1: Bokes up. a bunch
0: of basic power stuff by jones before a somersault just kind of over top of chase who's lying on the mat like it didn't look that impactful and he's to me. wearing
1: i think this was like yeah he was wearing the plain black singlet so right. he's really toning driving, it down yeah and driving home the point that yeah this guy's boring <laughs>
0: um and then he hits a splash just a running splash for the win in just under
1: three minutes this is the
0: new game as jack and i are watching the show it basically, all of these matches, I just have to say, it's just under My or just over. said that
1: this guy, he's like Mark Henry.
0: And, and yes. then I was
1: like, no, Mark Henry's better.
0: Yeah, so Nate walked in even, and even He even did the
1: world's strongest splash. He
0: did. So, I, I don't know. What did you think of this match?
1: Uh... I don't know. Another short Blech match. Jones is not very good. I don't think Chase can carry him, literally and figuratively. Yes. Um, I don't know how good Chase is, but I wouldn't know from watching the show because they don't care enough to show me. And even if he is winning the matches, they're too short. Yep. So uh, there's really no substance to any match. Basically, you're, it's going to be a recurring theme. I'm going to be repeating myself numerous times here, but you really can't get a lot from these.
0: You really, there's not much we can say, right? Maya comments are standard nxt match at this point
1: like it it sounds like we don't have a lot inside that's because we can't
0: no chase got some offense jones dominates to win again jones still doesn't impress me it's all really basic stuff and i think i mentioned it before and then the other guy can't do and much he to doesn't him doesn't
1: really have a lot of personality to me like he's just like kind of like a hype kind of almost happy to be there big man right. like that Yes, it's like I don't know, like he has a bit of it, but like that's really not like that's so basic. You Every know?
0: match feels the same right now to me. Yeah, it's bland, more, more or less. Bland, boring, and predictable. I I don't know. They need to do something different with Jones. They clearly like him, but I'm not interested. Yeah, so far. they're
1: walking on thin ice with me.
0: They then have Mac- Malcolm Bivens. he's talking as they're sort of walking backstage. The rest of Diamond Mine are sort of in tow, behind him. He says that earlier today, he was doing what he does best, minding his own business and not getting jumped in the parking lot. See, he knows about the parking lot. That's true. Right? He's a smart man.
1: See, that's why he's their manager. He's smart.
0: He heard a lot of people asking for championship opportunities, also true, and thought that was crazy. And making the matches. Because the Creed brothers actually deserve a shot. That's what he's saying here. He says he knows how he now, now that he knows how it works, Diamond Mine won't be asking for opportunities. They'll take it. Any or
1: th- no nah, they'll make it any thoughts i don't i i thought it was fine um i don't i obviously it's theological but i don't think they deserve a tele shot just for squashing jobbers but i mean but logic. his
0: thing is you just ask for a shot i see how that's sort of how it works they so at I'm least doing have a too. little
1: bit of reason to ask for a shot like i mean it's jobbers but nobody
0: I, has any reason so that's what he's saying that's we, true yeah right no, like yeah
1: no, no I wish I was joking, but that's literally how. Where has William Regal been since NXT 2.0? Where the, has he been?
0: The precedent has been set of just asking for matches or saying it's you been have over a match. A month. And you where get has it. he been?
1: I don't know. I don't know. It's like it's like that that uh, fake retirement segment with Samoa Joe. It's like that's actually taken a, into effect now.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. I thought this was a good promo. I thought it was a little different tone for Bivens. It seemed a bit more like aggressive and heelish. And I again, I think he makes a decent point, right? You and I have been complaining that wrestlers in NXT just make their own matches, even yeah. for titles. So Bivens noticed this, and he's like, "Like I,
1: I enjoyed Waller's showcase against Strong, but even then, that was literally Waller. Just saying, just I, out. yes, I don't want a title shot, right? So,
0: so Bivens being smart is using that information to his advantage now, like any good manager should. So this was a pretty quick promo, but I thought it made sense. Yep. Uh, we then get the Creed brothers with the rest of Diamond Mind taking on Imperium. And I don't normally notice outfits. That's usually your thing. But I couldn't stand the singlets. The creeds were wearing. This
1: I week. didn't love it, especially compared to like, especially for me because they're um so I'm amateur colorblind. wrestlers. So
0: I don't know what color they were.
1: They're like gray.
0: Just, they're like light gray. They, and they looked They had out like a too.
1: lot of logos. Right? It was I'm diamond mine. Sure. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. was diamond mine stuff. All over um, it. and it looks like um that would be like a onesie.
0: I just thought it looked like a washed out color. I don't. I don't know. if yeah, that's the right I term. Feel even like. Not being good with like colors, Like, obviously it's just
1: a single, like, they're not wearing pants, but if they were wearing pants and stuff, that looked like a freaking onesie.
0: I don't even mind the singlet, but that, uh, no, just I the like colors No, I like, single works because
1: they're that's kind of, like, the archetype, I guess, like, yes. hurt angle. Um, but I like, like, the black singlets that they had. Like, I think that helps, yeah. that fits the archetype better.
0: I agree. So, Brutus and Eichner start out and battle to no real advantage. Then in. he gets slammed before some holds and counters. We get a belly-to-belly overhead by Brutus. Uppercut running PK by Bartel, but he takes the time to pose a little bit, and so that allows the Creeds to take over again. Julius is in now. He takes an Insiguri and a Suplex from Bartel. wrench Suplex easily by Julius. Uh, the Creeds then isolate Bartel. He eventually escapes and tags in Eichner, who takes out both Creeds, including catching Brutus and hitting a rolling senton, uh, which looked pretty good. And Julius needed to come in and break up the pin, and he sort of dragged his brother back to the corner so they could make a tag. Bartell is caught coming off the ropes Julius hits a doctor bomb And Eichner needs to break up that pinfall And then That's we get, got
1: wrench powerbomb yeah
0: uh, Yes Ikim right. and Jiro and Kushida run out Diamond Mine are sort of distracted there for a second So back in the ring Yeah Bart- even
1: one of the Creed Brothers brawls with them Which that's kind of stupid Right
0: he kind of leaves the match to them I mean go I guess
1: that would be strong Find them on his own But like Well it wasn't Ivy Nile don't, there don't She's you a want killer to, I guess right. But like I, I guess so
0: Back in the ring, Bartell rolls up Julius and Imperium get the win in a very WWE-style match in about five and a half in minutes. In a
1: very WWE-style uh, manner of winning, yes. Yes, for sure. Um, So I noticed that Creed Brothers had their own theme too, but... And I was like, okay, now I really see how it is, but I think... The, so the original Diamond Mine theme, which I I actually like it. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think that might just be Strong's now And it is titles as such, like on the song release, like on iTunes and YouTube. Right. But that was um because they released the song in between Rust getting released and the Creed Brothers joining, right? So sure. That was when it was just Strong, so like they would title it just Strong because there wasn't really Diamond Mine. Right. Um, but and then um who they the Creed Brothers even used that theme up until now. And I did check, this is the same theme that Ivy Nile used, so I'm curious if this is going to be the Diamond Mine group theme, and then Roderick Strong will keep the original one, or like they'll all use this one. Right. I personally like the first one better, um, but that that's a me thing.
0: I, I imagine they'll all use the same theme, that's my prediction, Although I don't know. Really I could
1: know. see Strong using a different one, because he's the leader, but I don't know. I hope he does because I know, but it
0: almost—I guess he's the leader. I don't think is right. He's the featured guy, but he's not talking or doing anything. Bivens is the the leader. I think it feels like. I I don't know.
1: know. I feel like. I don't know, leader. It's like I don't know. It's hard to picture manager as leader because like they
0: right. But they Roddy don't. literally doesn't even speak. He's definitely the like main guy. But yeah, I don't know that, if that's leaders that's the, kind of what I mean. Right I guess term. then.
1: Yeah. Um. But so I thought the match was fine. It was. It wasn't great, but I guess it wasn't bad. Again, short. I don't know how long it was, but I don't really care.
0: Five and a half minutes.
1: That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, it uh was. There really wasn't anything of note up until the screwy finish, which we always love to see. Mm-hmm. And no, I no one really benefits from this. I'll say that a bunch of times when. We get a finish like this. Nobody benefits from this. Right. Like the Creed brothers have now taken their first loss, and Imperium get a a win that doesn't really like do anything for them because they didn't actually really win.
0: They beat a rookie team, although they've looked impressive, and they had ne- yeah, right. They did. They needed help. Yeah, um,
1: rookie team nonetheless. Right.
0: I think this. I, I agree a lot with you. Decent little match. The finish is very WWE. They seem to kind of have plans for both teams, right? Like Imperium looks like they they may get. I think they may actually take the titles from MSK so they have plans and then the Creed brothers are the new up and coming kind of tag team right so there's plans there which means that nobody can win cleanly and I wouldn't even be surprised if we're getting a rematch of this for a while right like on the main roster it might be for the titles um, if that's the way things go but I don't think this is over and this is just we can't have anyone lose clean or win clean here so this is what you get right I thought the match was okay Kind of felt like it was just getting started and then it was kind of over. And just God forbid Imperium get a clean win and look strong heading into a title match, right? Like, sure, they get the win. But like you said, it was the classic distraction role. And I think the Creeds, again, I think they have tremendous upside and they've looked really good so far in the time they've been in the ring. After the match, MSK come down to attack Imperium as Imperium is sort of celebrating the win. We get kicks to Eichner, double stomp to his back, and then the hot fire flame, which is the. Official name of that moonsault with the shove uh, tandem move they do. Bartel pulls Eichner out to make the save, but Lee doesn't let them escape. He dives over the ropes onto both of them. And I don't know, I just thought that was another standard post-match run-in and attack. Again, it keeps MSK from talking, which I think is the right move, right? But I guess builds us to the match they're going to have. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We then get our Kyle O'Reilly Vaughn-Wagner bonding segment. As remember, what's von Wagner's thing? He's what?
1: He's pretty unconventional. He's
0: unconventional, and here's the proof. So they're on a hike in the woods. It's the idea is that uh, Wagner is Kyle's tagging along and checking out Wagner's uh, training regimen, I guess. So they grab a tree limb that's lying on the ground as they're out for a hike, and they kind of pass it along and carry it and do various weightlifting maneuvers with it. Then there's later that night, right? They're drinking beer by the fire together. They're sort of talking. They agree to get on the same page and kick some ass. And it's just all round super masculine bonding. How adorable. Pretty Uh, unconventional, And this is the evidence that Wagner is indeed unconventional, as we are told, right? Um, What did you think?
1: This is lame. It was stupid. (laughs) It was boring. Uh, Basically, they spend all that time with Balor and Cole, making O'Reilly into a prominent single star, only to undo after maybe a month's tops. Uh, this is lame. I must say, though, Wagner is pretty unconventional, and these guys are pretty out there. They did mention that, and I agree. They are pretty out there, and they are super similar. So I think they would make a great tag team because they are identical.
0: I'm sensing sarcasm over there. A little. Possibly. Uh, I guess at least I'm trying to be positive, you know? Um, they are trying to show us that he's unconventional rather than just telling us again some more because this is not the common way to train, right? So I guess that's the idea here. I don't really like these two together at this point. I don't think that they know what to do with Kyle O'Reilly anymore. And it's just, again, you got to partner up with a rookie at this point, right? So this is what you get. At least there was an attempt at some sort of development of the story between these two, I guess. I didn't hate it. And it kept Vaughn speaking to a minimum, which is also a very good decision. And it's this idea, right? Every veteran on the roster either has to work with or compete against a youngster. So this is Kyle, how he gets slotted in. Um, I'm not saying that that system doesn't make sense developmentally, right? Because it does. It just doesn't make very interesting TV, right? Like, I get it. You're trying to have the youngsters work with veterans who are good, but doesn't make it fun to watch so far.
1: No, it's bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, Joe Gacy now, he says that last week was a setback, and maybe NXT 2.0 isn't a safe space after all, but the mission is the same. He says that we don't need violence to settle our issues. He won't be triggered um, by anyone's microaggression. So again, just firing out all the key buzz terms. He asks us to take his hand, and he reaches out, but it's not us he's talking to, but Harland who seems to be reaching out for that hand. Gacy says, follow me, little snowflake, as Harland reaches his hand out. And that was pretty much it.
1: So I guess he's affiliated with Harland now. And how the hell yes. is Harland going to come across as intimidating after this?
0: Um, It felt to me, even though Gacy was saying pretty much the same thing.
1: I was pretty offended because I thought he was talking to me.
0: At first, I guess that was the swerve. But at... Now he feels more like a predator preying on, like, an at-risk person or, like, almost a cult leader type of thing, right, is what it kind of felt like here. He seemed, Gacy I'm talking about, to come across a bit more menacing here. And then I guess there was a slight twist, right, to to reveal Harland was the target of the speech and not us. I
1: don't really love this. It just... I don't know, it feels weird.
0: I'm more open to this than a lot of things on this show. I'm willing to see where it goes, right? Yeah, and, but
1: I don't know. We'll see.
0: And I feel like Gacy's really committed to it, and I'm. Cons- it seems like a pretty big departure from other stuff he's done whenever I've seen him on the indies or anywhere yeah, else. I know
1: he was in CZW.
0: He was just like, I'm the hard-hitting, tough guy, like straightforward coming at you. and So I, I feel like he's trying really hard here, but we'll see where it goes. We then get uh, Legato del Fantasma are in the ring, and Santos Escobar says that may god bless you with luck and those were the first words he ever heard in the business and he's always been blessed by it except for last week he then calls out carmelo and says he's a lucky son of a bitch for winning the north american championship last week he then laughs it off says it seems to him like his luck has just vanished so when he finds his championship he and senorita luck are going to find him but in the meantime, here's Electra Lopez to set the record straight.
1: What does uh, that have to do with anything?
0: I, I, I wasn't a fan of this. Like, I don't know what the point of what he was saying was. I lost. Ha ha ha. You got lucky. I'm coming to get you, I guess. Was... But
1: in, in the meantime, watch my female right. teammate. Like, it what over. does that have to do? Was does Electra Lopez have to do with that? I
0: don't know. She started to speak, but gets cut off by Cora Jade's music. And again, I, as I already said, I didn't really love this little promo. He, I didn't think escobar said anything of consequence and then he just passed off the mic right so um we then get the match cora jade versus elector lopez and it is a i can't i don't even know what to say i can't make anything up it's just like a two-minute match lopez slams jade to the mat by the hair hits two straight body slams have your drinks people body slam oh yeah drinking Uh, contest my drink's gone jade then with strikes and clubbing blows um Sorry, Lopez with strikes and clubbing bows. And then a clothesline by Lopez. Inside cradle by Cora Jade. She wins in less than two minutes. So that
1: a- is incredible. Wow. Yeah. Didn't I- even
0: get the standard amount of time.
1: Wow. L- losers.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, especially Electro Lopez. <laughs> I got him. Um, another incredibly short match with nothing to know and a crappy finish. Not only did this have a lame sun roll up, but also had the screwy missed kick out, even though Jabber Dolphin, Tasma clearly kicked out like... Yes, that, that is true. Mind. That may be a story and going forward, it, probably. Which I think would be dumb, because, I don't know, rash R- 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 should have seen it. And if I've said it once, I've said it 5,000 times, nobody benefits from this.
0: Uh, even less here than the standard NXT match, nothing to say. Nothing happened. They're trying to position Jade as the plucky baby face, right, that sneaks in wins against uh, tougher opponents, and she has a skateboard, so that's cool. She's young, right? She's Darby Allen. She's young and young kids love. She is as
1: good, if not better, nope. than Darby Allen. She
0: reminds me, and I this is actually in my notes of Mark Andrews from like indie oh, slash yeah. NXT UK. That's more the skateboarder she is, right?
1: No, but they, she, they, because they want to compete. So I think they wanted to be cool, like Darby Allen.
0: So yeah, this match was a waste of time, and we've probably talked about it longer than it actually took place, and that's probably a sign we should move on to the next thing, yeah? Probably. Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa are interviewed backstage. Breaker points out, that basically talks about the standard WWE way of booking opponents being tag partners, right? Ahead of their match against each other, like the idea that there's going to be a miscommunication, one of us is going to hit the other one, etc. Uh, so he says that's not happening this time, so Ciampa better watch out. Champa then reminds Braun that he said he'd keep Champa safe. Which, why does the champion, who's like this grizzled tough guy, needs like he needs someone to keep him safe now, Jackson? Yep. Right. So, and
1: no, he needs Braun Breaker. So specifically.
0: he's he's just following Braun's lead. Thoughts?
1: What? Who's dumb enough to follow Braun Breaker's lead? Like, I, don't know, I, I thought this was lame, and <laughs> I hate Braun Breaker.
0: I thought Braun was fine. It it's. I don't know if it was funny or what, but he did basically acknowledge WWE's formulaic like booking here, right? About all of the times in this situation. And they did sort of play on it in the actual match. So it kind of worked. But Champa suddenly needing someone to keep him safe and the fact that it has to be Breaker is kind of weird to me. And I think they're already telegraphing like the way this match was going to go. I won't say whether I was right, but even in my notes here, I'm like, you can see where this match is going, right? And I just, Champa's really changed, right? I feel like he's like, Uncle Tommaso, who's like a bit bitter because he's about to be passed by the nephews, right? That are now in their prime. And they're, it's like when you play wrestle with your kids and your nephews, and then suddenly they're stronger than you, right? So it's, uh, anyways, I'm not loving it. Me neither. We then get a recap of the events leading up to tonight's LA Knight versus Grayson Waller match. And basically, Waller's in a pool. Looking some if, fancy. If you place. don't know they're
1: fighting over who's gonna host Halloween right. Havoc, which is very prestigious. Of <laughs> course. That is the stakes we know, of all stakes. That's in shot to the stratosphere, quote to quote commentary. That's
0: right. Um so yeah, he's in a pool talking about wanting to be the host. Knight is then in he says he's the star and that he needs to host something like that. I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. They both want to host, so they'll both have a match tonight. Fine, great. I thought. I don't know, I had nothing more.
1: Yeah, you? I, I don't care. Yeah.
0: Two grown men fighting over the (laughs) chance to be the host of a show. Fine. Uh, We then get a triple threat match, kind of, for a little bit, right? Um, Io Shirai taking on JC Jane and Persia, Persia Parada. Now, you were talking about stakes being big right oh that's so true. these stakes talk about it
1: all right so basically they had to choose one half of their tag teams which that's really hard to choose because you got in your hard world Persia parado who tough choice mm-hmm. jason jenner and gg ooh, that's a tough choice an actual tough choice would be shirai or stark they're, yep. they're pretty good um but the stakes whole yes. let me get to the stakes the winner the winner gets to spin the halloween havoc wheel before halloween havoc
0: which they describe as an advantage. How is it an advantage to participate in the random act? To be right. the one... <laughs> right. Right? Because
1: my thing you, is... You
0: spin the random wheel, Yeah, so. I think someone said it's
1: like, oh, it's like them picking stipulation. No, it's not, because no, no one gets to pick the stipulation. Like, They're just spinning a wheel. It literally wouldn't make a difference if, like, uh, a the A
0: chimpanzee <laughs> jumped out of the crowd and spun the wheel. Right, or the host spins Anyone. the wheel. Right. Anyone
1: can spin the wheel, and the, the same outcome, or, like, the same kind of outcome... Um, will come exactly. out of it, right? Like it doesn't make a difference at all. And they're spinning it the week before Halloween. Although they, they, to, to quote commentary, there is some high stakes here because the winner, this wheels spinner, will get a mental edge and momentum. <laughs> yes. So tr-
0: triggering the random act that decides the stipulation is a huge mental advantage. Edge mental edge. edge. I, and you can see. And hey, I mean, we're not wrestlers. We can not understand. And maybe you can it's see it on the face
1: of Hartwell and Parada oh, sure. at the end. So I think that's accurate. not to spoil who wins, But right. like yeah
0: so yep this match starts we get a double clothesline by parada corner splashes to both of her opponents a pretty nice high knee by jc jane early on to io shirai jane and io then reluctantly kind of decide they have to work together against parada because she's just the powerhouse but she parada ends up overpowering them both. i
1: don't even think she is like she doesn't look like a powerhouse pretty strong woman and then like i don't know for sure anyways parada ends
0: up suplexing both of them together eo then low bridges parada to the floor and jc jane almost dies trying to do a suicide dive onto parada and so i noticed that jane got up to be the base for the moonsault Io hits a moonsault onto both and i even wrote so i guess jane is okay but i think yeah. she just sucked it up to do that because she was gone after that it right? was
1: pretty not good i mean i don't I didn't look like she got hit too hard, but I mean... She um,
0: landed super awkward on that dive. It looked like that to me, that's like, oh, oh, that's a collarbone or that's a concussion or something, right? But anyways, right. We, I do have an update later on in this. We get a boot by Parada to Io and some corner spears as Jane is nowhere to be found or in my notes. And I thought maybe she's not okay. We get a right. soup because she, it's literally just Parada and Io the rest of the match. Yep, Suplec- which I
1: mean, I'm not particularly complaining I, I mean I don't, I don't think, think Perra is that difference. good, but I know Jane isn't good. She
0: so. I don't know, they're okay, I guess. Pirata, uh, with a suplex and then she catches an EO Hurricane Rana attempt and hits a power bomb that I thought looked pretty good. EO gets on a run with strikes and a head kick before she hits her six one nine. And then Eo, a surprising botch as she kinda the ropes kind of shake and she kinda slips, I guess, before a missile drop kick that looks Ends up a bit low on Parada. Definitely not what she was going for. Then a crossface by Eo, German suplex by Shirai. And the moonsault for the win. And Eo gets the advantage of spinning the wheel. Setting the random oh. act in motion. Huge psychological Whoa, advantage.
1: edge and momentum.
0: So this was just over 11 minutes. What did you think as they had to clearly call an audible here?
1: Um... This is okay, but it had absolutely no stakes, and Jane got taken out halfway, so it wasn't even a triple threat, really, for most of the match, and then, so the stipulation, they spin the wheel, is a scare way to hell match. What is that? Right. A ladder match. Oh,
0: yeah, I don't even think I included that very important um,
1: detail. The stipulation for next week should help hide some of the lack of talent in the match, because this ladder match is probably going to They help. can hit
0: with stuff, and climb ladders, and whatnot, and maybe right, not do but, so many wrestling moves that some of them don't know.
1: I think... There's the chance of a big mental edge. I don't know how oh, they the mental defeated. edge is.
0: I mean, you can't even, that's yeah. just an intangible thing. We can't quantify that, but I'm sure it's humongous. I,
1: I know. And the momentum momentum that they have
0: mental oh edge and oh momentum is virtually impossible. I don't to think, over.
1: I think they're untouchable in this match. They're just going to ascend in a Godlike manner to the top of the ladder.
0: The Vegas odds will be like incredibly, incredibly on EO and Zoe. But anyways, I thought Parada is kind of believable as a powerhouse. And she seems a little further along in her development than some. Uh, I'm thinking specifically like Odyssey Jones because she can actually hit some moves, right? Like she's not just Odyssey Jones offenses. I'm running into you and doing stuff to you where she actually like has some suplexes and power bombs and whatever. Um, so they clearly called an audible after Jane's really painful looking dive. I don't think the result was great um, as they, ma- they probably made this multi-way to cover up some of these people's Inexperience, right but and then they suddenly it became really? a singles match so Eo did a lot of selling for Parada which I don't really love because that's Io Shirai in there by the way um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jane were supposed to be taking some of that from Parada right I I think the plan is you make Parada keep looking like a powerhouse and unfortunately Io's the only one there to take that so she had to right, right? um I thought the match was just okay and in general I think Eo deserves better She's like one of the best, period. I think anywhere. She should be having main event caliber matches and not like helping rookies get experience. I kind of feel badly. Maybe she doesn't care, but I feel badly she for her. She did get
1: a year run though. As, yeah, she did. She did. As, as talk I was talking about. But now I it's agree. like you're I, basically I, a trainer. You know? I, I agree. I think she should. She deserves a better spot.
0: And to update everybody, uh, JC Jane had a CT scan. She's not concussed. And she is still advertised for the ladder match. She's been cleared, so she's sh- supposed okay. to be in the ladder match next week. Uh then EO does spin the wheel, and as you said, it's a scareway to hell ladder match. Which I, India and Persia EO, don't look happy. I,
1: yeah, because well, because well, of the mental it?
0: the mental edge. It's already taken effect. Right. The pendulum um, has swung.
1: Right. I thought um that um this happened last year with Lerae and um uh in Shirai, but it was actually really different last year. Last year, Year, it was tables, ladders, and scares. Oh, so this is completely different. This year, it's scare way to hell, so you can see the difference here, right? Tables, ladders, and Huge scares, difference. scares 2. 0. right? Right, exactly. They're improving on the last year, which I mean, last one is technically a TLC, which is more than just ladders, but sure, we'll say they're improving on it
0: <laughs> in the locker room moments ago. Legato del Fantasma beat up Cora Jade's boyfriend Trey Baxter.
1: Which I thought it was. Um, I can't remember who I thought it was, but I did not think you it was didn't. Trey Baxter. You so did. I was, like, was
0: that Trey Baxter? And you weren't sure.
1: I I can't remember, but it didn't. They didn't do a great job of communicating, though. Well, who this was.
0: But the tough guys who are always up for a fight, Briggs and Jensen, they run in for the save and start brawling with Legato. And so you've got these guys from you know Legato from feuding with Hit Row to now. It's, this is the rookies they've been paired up with, right? So, yep. hey, veterans, here you go. I mean,
1: Baxter's probably good, but like... Yeah.
0: Well, I'm even thinking more of like against Legato and Jensen and Briggs. That's who they're sort of partnered up with here, right, for today? Uh, gross. Right. Um, so, I, why not, is my th- thought. Sure. We then get everybody's favorite wrestler, Tony D'Angelo. He talks about taking two things seriously, his business and wrestling. And people have been talking about him since his win. Really? I I hadn't heard, but okay. He walks away, and because he he cut this promo standing in front of the trunk of his car again, and we hear sounds from the trunk of the car, and he's up next.
1: Yay! And? Uh, mm -hmm. So let
0: me ask you, are are we to believe that the producer has been in the trunk of a car for a week now?
1: I guess. Or like... Right? I... I guess so.
0: <laughs> so okay, I assume he's okay. been
1: fed properly, though. You, How long can you go without food? You a, mean,
0: a longer time than mean. water. Food you can go like three weeks, water like days. So it must be watering him. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't know if days is right, but it's a lot less than Like water.
1: a plant. He's just watering yeah.
0: him. <laughs> just throw a water bottle in there and close it. Or maybe he's adapted to it and he likes it in there. Maybe it's now he's in there. It's
1: consensual. Right.
0: Okay. So I don't know. But anyways, that was what I thought. So... He's been in there for a whole week, and I don't like anything about this guy or anything he does. Speaking of Tony D'Angelo, so I'm ready to move on. Yes. And this is where my note: the first hour of this show felt caps lock very long to me. Correct. Yeah. Don't disagree. I, um, we
1: watched this over the course of three days, I think, and it just it still <laughs> we did felt we did break it awful. into
0: chunks, and it was still painful.
1: Yes. It you can't take away the pain.
0: The street fighter tribal tattoo guy is back with another vignette. And we get we get his name, Solo Sokoa, the street champion of the island. That's
1: not even how you say it. I don't even remember. It's Solo Sokoa, Solo Sakai. I I don't know. I'll figure it out once he actually does stuff, but I don't really care. So
0: basically, it was almost the same as last week. We just got his name, right? So I don't have much to say about this either. Fine. Uh, Backstage, Jiro sneaks up on Kushida in the washroom.
1: Sunny Siaki. Yeah, that was kind of...
0: Talks about how excited he... At least, hey, this is what we're learning parking lot not safe washroom safe
1: that's that's true that's true you gotta true.
0: find safe spaces in here for joe gacy we do we and do. his people
1: why isn't he just do talking about? next week bath- his
0: office will be in the bathroom he'll be like in a stall no
1: he should start a petition to make the parking lot a safe place <laughs> he
0: should uh so anyways they talk about how excited he is to team with kushida kushida said he needs to be style strong like jiro but jiro empties out kushida's backpack no and you called it. He puts Kishida's old yeah. Back to the Future gear on Kishida. They're gonna
1: unserious Kushida. Remember they did all that work and making him serious, even though he wasn't. And now they're gonna unserious him. And
0: they high five. And I think the lighting changed or something. Yeah,
1: it's like the blue, right? To Kushida his signature his blue entrance.
0: color. Thoughts?
1: Let's go Back to the Future. Yay.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. We were happy I, when I he got rid of this gimmick.
1: Yeah, I thought. I don't know. I thought it was fine. I think Jiro's Jiro's kind of, fun, man. No yeah. doubt. But um, I don't know. I don't love the reintroduction of this but i mean i guess it works to fit more with jiro yes and also i don't care
0: it's almost like they're giving up on trying to have Kushida develop or reveal personality on his own and they're like jiro's got so much and he's from the same country, because that's Vince's thing, right? So, right. we'll put yeah, you yeah, together. They're, they're
1: Japanese, so they got to stick gotta be together. together. Stick with your countrymen, am I right?
0: And so the crowd really loves Jiro, and he's got lots of personality. Kushida seems to lack that a little bit. I mean, so mean, they, they do like Which Kushida, makes sense, but. I guess. Um, I don't know. It's I'm not happy with the the Back to the Future gimmick being back, but he is teaming with the resident comedy act in NXT, so he had to... It's Right? Because it was all about... Oh, it's this new serious Kushida. Remember, we joked about it for weeks and weeks, and now it's like they're just flipping right back to what it was before. But anyways, we'll see. I, I really like Jiro. He's one of the more fun things on this show, right? And the crowd seems to feel the same way we do generally. So I guess we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Tony D'Angelo. Yay, match. Oh, yes. Versus Ru Ru Feng.
1: Oh, I thought it was Rue Wang.
0: Fang, I believe. Either
1: way, that is a terrible name. It like, might be his
0: real name. I don't know. That's fine.
1: No, but like, I don't know. Just for a presentation name.
0: Yeah. Uh, shoulder tackle by D'Angelo. Take down mat work. Anoogie. Uh, always appreciated. Tennille Dashwood <laughs> shout out.
1: Dash woogie. <laughs>
0: Two <laughs> that's, forearms That's
1: my favorite move Don't diss it Okay Two
0: forearms And a really weak looking back kick Was it by Fang? Remember we were like Oh yeah That barely made I think we rewound it To see it barely make contact It was nice Northern lights Into the swinging neck breaker I think that's the same combination As last time D'Angelo wins In less than Not Three right. minutes Nope Two minutes On huh. this one as well Thoughts on this match Can't talk about it For longer than it took Northern So Lens be quick
1: squash Where he hardly showcases anything Okay nice
0: Yep Another squash, basic stuff for the match. And then I think it's a pretty cool combination. I don't know if it's a finishing combo to me, but he probably doesn't know how to do much else in professional wrestling. Apparently he has an amateur background, but I don't feel like I see that the way I do out of the Creed Brothers, right? Like that, Or even Braun Breaker clearly looks like he's got some amateur experience, whereas I don't see anything out of D'Angelo until his finishing sequence. And then I'm like, okay, that was all right. But anyways, he's gross, no good. After the match, Alicia says that Mark the producer of Lashing Out went missing and does Tony know anything about it?
1: Uh, oh, <sighs> I don't know.
0: He says Alicia is being nosy and he doesn't know nothing about anything. He tells her to get herself something nice. Did he give her money or something? I can't remember. Oh, uh, yeah. forget about it. Uh, go forget ahead. Forget about it. Your thoughts?
1: Stereotypical catchphrase. Couldn't be more forget about it. And also stereotypical paying him off, yes, because yep. of uh, mob or mafia or whatever. He's
0: like a cartoon character. Yeah, I think it's is the point. Dumb. Yep. Uh,
1: no thanks.
0: If like it, and I don't say this much, it's stupid. And if it's supposed to be serious, it's bad. If it's supposed to be funny, it's still bad. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing appealing or entertaining about this. A complete waste of time. Yeah. But at least very little time here this week um it's time for duke's poker room oh my goodness so a little backstory i'm a pretty avid poker player would you say
1: yeah you even watch poker which i don't understand i watch
0: poker i I play live i play online i like poker a lot um i (laughs) I, I, I thought
1: this is really funny when that we're getting this because you just got out of swingers palace and uh, now (laughs) that's it so i thought that was really funny and
0: your instinct to my suffering is to laugh (laughs) that's awesome um so as I told you when I go to poker I actually do have a tradition where um my parents mostly my mom love them both but they go to Florida right um basically yeah. what we call in Canada snowbirds where they escape winter down not this year the last couple of years they haven't gone obviously but and they always my mom always brings me back a t-shirt I thought they went last year That is no no a t-shirt that is not of the most like I wouldn't make that choice to buy that T-shirt, but so I save it's those. It's not like bad. I save those. They're pretty bad. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. So I wear those bad shirts to poker. So I intentionally dress badly, like the wolf T-shirt. The t-shirt that's one size too small and has a giant wolf face on the front. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's my style. favorite poker shirt. But anyways, I have never worn just a gold vest with no shirt underneath, which is Duke Hudson. He's actually playing poker against other people wearing a shiny gold vest with no shirt, which I think is great. But anyways, um, he makes a on the first hand, he makes a good read. He makes a good call, wins chips. He does it again when his opponent shoves all in and Hudson calls knowing exactly where he's at, right? Like, he even says, like, I win it all or whatever before he even shows his cards because he's a genius. He then looks into the camera, says his poker room is always open and we might as well call him the house because the house always wins. EW reference. (laughs) Your thoughts on this amazing gimmick? Right up my alley, I they're thought this peeling to lame, me. was
1: because it was kind of confusing, <laughs> and then it was just like, I don't know, it wasn't even like Swinger's Palace, so like, it wasn't even bad enjoyable, because it was just like, it wasn't even like, there was no interactions with anyone, he wasn't no. really even playing that much poker, and... It just can't it was kind of stupid and he was
0: also playing not to be too nerdy lame. but with the standard like super cheap poker chips that everybody has that was like I don't know anyways uh, it's really yep, bad I definitely picked up on that it's really bad I don't think this guy deserves this because he seems like he can deliver a promo half decent he's a big guy like you'd think and like this is this, this is, like
1: some Australian thing I guess uh, we've like...
0: we've used this before this is one of those things where I go somebody had to come up with this idea. Right, and then a bunch of other people had to be like, yes,
1: and then other people had to write it, and,
0: and a, then... somebody was like, this is what's gonna get this guy over, and it isn't. It's really bad. So I don't know between this and Tony D'Angelo and Lash Larue or whatever she is, Lash. <laughs> Lash Larue, <laughs> the Cajun. What was he? Uh, that's old WCW reference, <laughs> Lash folks. Sorry. Larue. He was the Cajun something, but and he had his sideburns no, were L's for Lash Larue. It
1: is lashing out with Lash right. Legend, okay? So th- and we're gonna get one next. week.
0: Those three characters are not great to say the least. Yeah. Oh,
1: um, I think we're getting one next week. I think it's every other week now. So, um, mm. sorry, what were you saying is bad? It's D'Angelo,
0: the poker uh, dude, and Lash Larue. Yeah, um, none I of think them are what
1: else? I think Briggs and Jensen's pretty bad. Like, it's not as like bad as the other ones, but right. I, don't, I don't think it's great either.
0: No, but I, well, we're about to talk about it, so I'll save my thoughts. I think the thoughts. top
1: offenders, though, are those three,
0: yeah. Because we do get Briggs and Jensen taking on Legato Del Fantasma in a tag team match, and again, we cut to backstage where... Rookie well,
1: team versus old team part There you two. go, where
0: Legato have taken out Jensen, uh, commentary heading into the break or even wondering if the match can happen as Legato sort of heading to the ring. We come back from the commercial and the match has already started, and we're you shown that... You see it. Briggs and Jensen just sort of I guess security wanted to stop them to make sure that Jensen was okay and they're like kicking security out of the way down the ramp to get to the match because they like to fight buddy I don't know if you know they that do. but anyways it's a time tested gimmick right they just love to fight it's like they're um, the APA or whatever that kind of mold I guess so Wild, bad. Wild's in control of Jensen early but the baby faces take control with the uh, double team power moves for a bit Escobar gets involved outside the ring, then that allows Legado to take over with Mendoza kicking and stomping Briggs. Legado then isolate Briggs, make repeated tags and corner clotheslines, which we were like, you you said out loud, I wish they'd do something other than clothesline. It's like a tag version of Champus thing, It is,
1: and it's like, because they do go in with pretty good force, but they're also like... The most basic thing ever. And, not to be that person, but they're like smaller guys, so I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they could change it. There's probably some cool things. And they're both... Awesome high do. flyers. They right, could definitely do
0: cool stuff, and or some cool double team stuff. Like I don't. I, maybe it's because they're heels, and that's too babyface. I don't know. But we get a double back suplex by Legato for a two count. Mendoza hits a top rope splash to Briggs back that you liked specifically. Right? I thought it looked it good
1: because good he got some decent distance on it and height, and then he, I thought he landed. Pretty the impact well. was good. For like sure. I thought it looked nice. It yep. was just a splash, but.
0: No, he looked good. Uh Jensen finally tags in. Obviously, he cleans house for a little bit there. We get corner chops. He's like um chopping and then using that same arm to come back with a clothesline in the corner. Hits a power slam, take a drink. Um mm. and what then was it a body slam or a power slam? It was a power slam, so half a drink? I don't know. What yeah. do you think? Mm. A sip.
1: I'll come slack. well slack. we yeah, I'll take a sip, but I don't, I don't have a drink. Oh, uh-huh. Water bottle.
0: Jensen takes out Escobar, but allows Legato to take control again. Mendoza drop kicks Briggs off the apron. LDF hit their Russian kick, or sorry, their kick Russian leg sweep finisher to Russian Jensen kick. for the win in just over That's five minutes. That's what you could call minutes.
1: it the Russian kick.
0: The Russian kick. Just over five minutes on this one. Wow. You think?
1: That's pretty impressive.
0: Right? It's almost double the normal length of a match.
1: That is insane. Um, borderline so Iron another Man. short and <laughs> mediocre <laughs> match. Yeah, that is Borderline Iron That is true. NXT um, Iron at Man. At least I can be happy that there wasn't really a screwy finish, but even then there was the pre-match shenanigans, so, yeah. I don't know. Uh, nothing super offensive, but still not good.
0: I kind of like this one. It might be my favorite match on the show. It was only five minutes. I thought it was pretty good. Jensen and Briggs, I kind of like that. The character aside, because they're really ramming it down our throats, right? But I like their hard-hitting style in the ring. Like, kind of straightforward, hard-hitting, high-impact stuff. The beer-drinking brawler stuff that they're kind of overdoing is a bit hokey. But in the ring, I think their style will work well. Because if you think about it, right... It works well against um, Legato and MSK, who are like the quick high flyers. And then you've got like amateur style people like the Creed's in there. And then if Diamond Mine ever makes some sort of tag team, right? Um, so I think they, they contrast or nicely with several other styles in the company. So I thought this was a solid TV match for NXT, right? Comparing them to themselves only at this point. Um, I thought it was solid. We then get a, a little hype video for the Mandy Rose-Raquel Gonzalez match. And here's my summary of the first part. Gonzalez is big and tough, and Rose is beautiful and mean. Mandy drives around in a convertible, and Gonzalez hits the gym. Uh, Mandy says she's been called many things, but she's never been called no, champion. No, she
1: said, she said hot, sexy. Yes. Um something else and i'm like those never are all champion no and then i was like all three of the things right. she said, it was like i remember like the line of murray and the goldbergs where murray's like it's yes it, it's more affordable it's less it's expensive cheap, it's cheaper whatever. and it costs less yes. and it's just like it's all the same
0: yes but uh she's never been called champion true
1: which i mean i was like <laughs> there's a good reason for that
0: i think i felt like did you take raquel's line because shouldn't she say that about you right like you've never but no mandy anyways what'd you think
1: uh so this is okay but not great doesn't really feel like a big time match for me because i don't buy um rose as a champ for a second because she's you? just garbage and she's definitely not to material raquel said it best
0: um i thought like the presentation of the package and like the production value was pretty good actually and it does focus on the contrast between the two of them i guess but i don't think that toxic attraction are much so far but clearly people that matter and make decisions see big things in these three because they're on tv multiple times it feels like every week at least once for a lengthy something um unfortunately i can see mandy winning this title as gonzalez don't you feel like she's the back burner in this feud like doesn't it really feel like they're featuring mandy rose A lot more than Raquel Gonzalez in recent weeks, right? Maybe Toxic Attraction Boom, she wins. Toxic Attraction come out and cut a live promo every week and And then bore me to death. And or have a match every week. And Gonzalez is just kind of a quick little so I I don't know, I feel like Mandy Rose is getting this title, which is interesting. But anyways. So sad. Uh LA Knight makes his entrance heading into a commercial break. We come back from the break and somebody's digging a grave. And Throwing things into it, we even watched it again. To it was a TV, a crutch, a deck of cards, some other stuff. I don't know, was remember.
1: it a deck of cards?
0: Yeah, there's cards. Thrown. That, remember, that's why I right. said Shayna Baszler.
1: Yes, Bana Shazler.
0: Um, whoever it is is coming to Halloween Havoc. Shayna and Shayna. I think the way something about it, they either implied or said it was like a return. So I don't think it's a new person, it was someone coming for vengeance or revenge or something, which is not a new person, I don't think. Shayna so Shayna. It definitely appeared to be a woman. I'm still guessing it's a repackaged Ember Moon. Shayna Baser. I think I'm going to look smart here. Um, I thought the vignette itself was kind of cool. No, I've seen
1: other people saying it's Ember Moon. We watched it twice.
0: I thought it was kind of cool. I like the dark, mysterious, whatever. I was fine with it.
1: I would love for her to be champion there because it so. makes sense. That's why she didn't win the tournament. Because I swear Ember that was Moon her was on. A, over, she
0: was on crutches when she had when? been when she had been on whatever main roster and injured and never ever wrestled and came back to NXT. She was on a crutch still. I'm no, Almost wasn't. positive.
1: She came in like with a motorcycle helmet or something. I'm
0: almost positive I've seen her no, a cr- she, with she, a crutch.
1: She came in. um will Like a motorcycle helmet or something. I remember, and then, um, but. I it could be Baser. I think it should be Baser.
0: But the uh, what the crutch doesn't fit, does it? I don't know. I
1: don't know. She beat. She could have been someone with crutches.
0: I guess. Anyways, we'll on, we'll see. see. Of all the things on this show, I didn't mind it. Uh, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes are then looking for the championship title. Apparently, it has been stolen.
1: Yeah, I don't see anything. And they're for looking in the locker crutches.
0: room or whatever. They find a drawing from Dexter Loomis inviting them to a haunted house next week. To get the title back.
1: You know what's funny is when I search Ember Moon Crutch, a couple things that come up with is two, thing, two photos from Ember Moon deaf Shayna Baszler. So, like, Shayna Baszler somehow. Could be. Um, but I, um I Yes.
0: So what did you think?
1: I don't know. I, it was fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The trick came across a little bit goofy here, right? Because he was kind of like... Anyways. It oh was, cause he I was, didn't love Because what did he said Something silly about the drawing? This It's some sort of like the code or, Vin- the s- code or something. something like that anyways and how do you feel about going to back to the haunted house i assume it's a tag team match in Ugh, the haunted house
1: worse i hated that last year They were stupid. parts
0: of it were kind of i i think i was kind of like down the middle with it some things made me laugh or entertain I me and not others like not so last much year it
1: was dumb and i don't think they need the cinema matches anymore i think now yes people that's are back, true i hadn't thought of that we don't need them anymore they were kind of a situational They were thing. very much a thing
0: for a while. Yeah. You're right. I
1: don't, they served their purpose.
0: We then get La Knight versus Grace and Waller for the greatest stakes of all, who's going to be host for Halloween Havoc. Um So this, uh, we get a couple near falls right away for Waller as he's kind of one step and ahead of night.
1: if they um, spin the wheel for the matches, they will have a mental edge the on the, people momentum. In the match. And momentum. Even though they're not in the match.
0: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Waller's got some, like, roll-ups and pinfall things where he's ahead of, one step ahead of Knight. And then Knight turns the tide with some stomps in the corner and some clubbing blows to a seated Waller. Uh, and then Knight sort of snaps Waller across the top rope, hits his slingshot shoulder tackle, strikes in a discus elbow by Waller, kicks in an STO by Waller, pump kick by LA Knight, and he hits his BFT for the win in under... Three minutes. Correct. Knight celebrates beside the wheel. And is very excited to be the host. Thoughts on this?
1: Another short and inconsequential match. Nothing good, nothing bad. It was too short to actually say anything about it. The stakes didn't matter either, which does not (laughs) help. How
0: dare you? How dare you? Uh, Waller, I thought, dominated most of this, right? I almost feel like they were trying to get to the BFT as like an out of nowhere thing. Like the stunner, because it's like the boot to the stomach and then boom. Right. It doesn't
1: even look that good, and I don't love it that much.
0: Waller showcased some decent offense. Knight hit a few moves in his finisher. It was a three-minute match like the rest, but at least, like I said, both of the guys have experience, right? It wasn't somebody who's not a wrestler against a wrestler. Uh, I looked it up, and Waller's been wrestling for four years, right, in Australia and other places. So at least both of them kind of have some experience. So then they t- they run down uh, next week's show before, which is Halloween Havoc, obviously before the main event. Perhaps so
1: we're, our last one.
0: We're, you never know. You're gonna get Scareway to Hell match, uh, tag team championship ladder match with Io and Zoe taking on Toxic well, Attraction. Well, we got a
1: caller from 2.0, right? So it's Teal Ladders and Scare's 2.0. Correct.
0: Okay. And Indy and Persia Parada. Then we have Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal NXT Women's Championship Match, Raquel Gonzalez versus Mandy Rose. A Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal Tag Team Championship Match with MSK and Imperium. We're going to see the debut of Solo Sokoa, or however Soko. you say it, we'll learn. Uh, an NXT Championship Match of Tomasa Champa and Braun Breaker. Apparently special guest of Chucky from Child's Play. And don't forget, the host is L.A. Knight. I don't know. The card looks whatever. We'll see. It's a, it's fun. I'm I surprised like how is, they're going
1: to fit the, this many big matches.
0: If this is supposed to feel almost like a pay-per-view or a special episode, hopefully we enjoy it because it's the best chance they got, I think, at this point. Uh, main event time. Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker taking on the Grizzled Young Veterans. Gee, I wonder how this will end. I called it perfectly, right, as it started? And you, you were hoping Did the you? other one took the pin, but I oh, knew. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, we said, we said Braun Breaker's well, pinning. I said Drake. You said other but well, i said
1: it could be gibson because why should it be drake why does it have to be drake breaker he's a superior grizzled young veteran
0: breaker i don't think they think so breaker and drake start out breaker well, they're, hits they're a,
1: also the same people who like brown breaker hits so. a shoulder
0: tackle before manhandling drake and re- and repeatedly sort of slamming him down amateur wrestling style breaker and drake run the ropes uh breaker catches a leaping drake and slams him again champa kind of blind tags hits his whole bunch of clotheslines to both of his opponents we get a running knee to Gibson as Champ and Breaker stare at each other here. There's clearly tension between these teammates. We come back from a commercial. Drake has Champ in a headlock. They show us later like Drake hit a nice suicide dive out to the announce table because um, we just came back from the break and suddenly the Grizzled Young Veterans were in control. and We missed something. Champa eventually fights out of it, hits a belly to back, but can't tag out. As Gibson ran around the ring, pulled Breaker down off the apron, and Breaker started to chase him around the ring. So this is further tension. Champa's trying to make a tag, and Breaker's nowhere to be found. The grizzled, oh no! the grizzled young veterans continue to wear down Champa with frequent tags, double-team moves, including a missile drop kick into a flatliner that I thought looked pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I Ch- think that's one of their regular tag It team looks good. Moves. Champa
0: finally hits a DDT to Drake. Gibson heads over to pull Breaker off the apron again, but Breaker in anticipation starts running and runs him over with the clothesline instead. Braun gets back on the apron, and Champa slaps him hard across the chest for not being there in the corner when he needed him, but of course, that also constitutes a tag, and Braun Breaker is now the legal man. So he comes into the ring, and it looks like he's trying to clothesline Champa, right? Sort of the standard miscommunication. One attacks the other like he talked about. But Champa ducks the clothesline, and Drake ends up taking the clothesline instead. We get another big clothesline, shoulder tackle, belly-to-belly, belly, Steiner recliner. Um, somewhere along the line, um, Gibson gets taken out by Champa, I think. And we get a gorilla press into a power slam. And Braun Breaker pins Drake in almost 11 minutes. Thoughts on the main event?
1: Uh, match was fine, I guess. It was mostly just... Uh grizzly young veterans beating on Champa until Breaker tagged in and did his mediocre crap and pinned James Drake for some reason. <laughs> Breaker is no real character his in-ring offense is meh at best. I don't like him. It sucks this is who they are going with as one of their main guys on NXT. Uh, at least there was no shenanigans but this was still just okay. And I don't know it's the longest match was like what 10 minutes?
0: Yep. 11 minutes this one. Yeah. So I figured this would be the storyline. It still kind of annoyed me this idea that Champa needs the help of Braun Breaker. And I'm
1: Really sad that and, they the, it ended like that like where champ has slapped him because they champ and breaker have been such a great and tenured team here in nxt they've built the foundation here okay so i'm really sad to see one of the great tag teams of nxt go out, end like of an this. era yes
0: um so breaker got to be the hero of course the slap tag and the missed clothesline was i thought that was kind of a nice touch because they did talk about that situation early i thought breaker looked good man i like, he is really quick and fluid in his movements for a man his size. I can see what they... I know you don't like him. I think he uh, is pretty good already and has no. a, a, a super high ceiling. No. I thought this was a decent match, but it was Wait, a lot... No, high
1: ceiling where you don't have to wrestle.
0: There was a lot of um, grizzled young veterans just beating on Champa. It really only yeah. threw in a few cool moves along the way. A lot of it was pretty standard stuff. And it really telegraphed the match even further, right? Like, Champa's the face in peril, hot tag... Young guy saves him. Um, so, I don't think it was I a bad... I think it is
1: easier, to, sorry, to look um, fast in hot takes. Like, you just have to, like... No, he you, you, the equipment. way
0: he moves is impressive, I'm telling you. It's, Anyways.
1: It's fine. I wouldn't call it impressive. It's
0: impressive. Yeah. Um, nah. Not a bad main event, but still a far cry from some of the main events we used to get where it was like, this is like pay-per-view quality, right? That, I don't think we'll be I saying that anytime soon. I still remember
1: from this year done in Lorcan versus Theory and Gargant, that is probably one of my favorite right. NXT TV matches now. Yep, and Just, that, yeah, that so was awesome. We're not getting stuff that like that That was only anymore. like a few months back. I don't even think it was that long ago. I th- I want to say at least it was June. Yeah, feels like, like it. I think, I, I think it was pre-Great American Bash, so...
0: Uh, long enough away we need some more of those type of matches but anyways i think
1: that is behind us
0: i do too overall thoughts and agreed for this Uh,
1: overall another mediocre show i don't care enough to go in depth and this isn't worth an (laughs) in-depth recap if you hate yourself or love the main roster watch nxt if you like actual good pro wrestling don't um i'll be nice and i'll give this a d but i really don't have the interest or patience for this anymore they kind of have me by a thread at this point because i'm almost done they're after gonna pull something great far out of their ass next week to keep me around
0: we'll see um like another, Shayna Baszler.
1: if Shayna Baszler appears, mark my words, I will continue. Okay, that's Ember what Moon. will keep me. It's here.
0: Ember Moon, dude.
1: Well, then I quit.
0: Uh, I think this is just another sadly standard episode of NXT. We get
1: I, it's just so mind numbing what I'm starting times.
0: to call training matches, right? Veterans carrying
1: that's pretty. I but sorry, like what, what even is the training here? Like what, three minutes? Like, yeah, basically, I. I I it's guess like, that's hey, what you've... you can call it, but can you even call that training? Like, what not, are you training them you're for? You're not
0: a wrestler. We've memorized this three minutes of action. Go do it in front of cameras. I guess, because they probably that's can't
1: it. memorize more than like three minutes. But they like, don't... I mean, yeah, at this it's... point. <sighs> like, What's that training them for? So, a sprint?
0: Training matches, veterans carrying and putting over rookies, juvenile segments and characters. It's just not fun anymore to watch. There
1: was also an unconventional segment.
0: The three-minute matches were pretty much the same as always, with, I thought, Waller and Knight being a little bit better than and the average. And for me,
1: too many crappy finishes. Like
0: The matches that got any time, the Creed's versus Imperium, the main event, and Legato versus Briggs and Jensen. I thought they were all fine matches, nothing great, and the women's triple threat had some issues, obviously kind of beyond their control, but I didn't think it was great. Then we get an awful Duke Hudson segment, another one from Tony D'Angelo. Awful? Kyle and Wagner,
1: you a poker fan. What? Kyle
0: and Wagner in the woods, more Joe Gacy, So the card definitely kind of fell into place for next week at Halloween Havoc. I thought the second half of this show was significantly better than the first. The first one was really tough for me. Um, Still a pretty bad show. Not as bad as it has been. I'm going D-plus this week. I know I've had one, I think, C-minus. So this is about as good as it's been for uh, NXT for me. I really hope somehow they pull off an entertaining show next week. Because I want to like wrestling. I don't want to not like the shows I watch, right? But... It's really hard to like this. Program. I
1: almost want to dislike this because they deserve it.
0: It's it's really not an entertaining show, and I get WWE probably doesn't care. It's serving their purpose and hopefully no, developing. No, they're still gonna get the viewers. But so. I don't know if the like the networks like, that are paying dwindle, for this are gonna be happy, right? No, yeah, the ratings are down again. So anyways. I
1: hope the networks are really mad and they have they're forced to go back to what NXT was good at
0: that would be great super indie as you call it i don't care call it that that was amazing time but anyways
1: that was happy time
0: so let's leave nxt and move into some trivia in this week's off the top of his head (music) all right so we're gonna talk about I'm actually, we actually have one prepared now. So it is talking about Kenny Omega trivia this week. Oh, you
1: you're going behind the curtain. Are you implying that you're not always prepared? Uh, sometimes it's a busy week and we get
0: that trivia deck out. But this week, we're not using the trivia deck. You're so, admitting this. You ready? Wow. Yeah. There's a sure. 20-ish questions, I think. What is Kenny Omega's real name? I didn't know this one. Do you know it? You're like, I've heard it, but I can't remember it. Kenny That's, something? Nope. Tyson Smith. So
1: just...
0: Do you know what year he was born? 1987. Ooh,
1: 1983.
0: I thought you were going to say it. Where was he born? Winnipeg. Correct. Winnipeg what what? What province? What country? Manitoba. Correct. Canada. Yes, he's one of us. Canada. On October 3rd, 2014, New Japan Pro Wrestling held a press conference to announce that Omega was set to sign with the promotion... Once his contract with which company expired? So wh- basically, long way of saying, where was he before New Japan? I don't think you'll get this. I'm starting out hard. Deep South? No, DDT. DDT. I think it was already in Japan, maybe. Mm. Uh, how many times has I know Can- he
1: was in Japan before, though, because the- yes. in the Golden Lover's run.
0: How many times has Kenny Omega been at the top of the PWI rankings and what were the years?
1: Um, two times. Correct. Uh, so this year. Yes. And 2018, I want to say. Or was it 2019? 2017. 2017. Yes.
0: Damn it. What, but two is correct. What year was he inducted into the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame?
1: 2019. 2020.
0: Uh. Did This one I didn't know. Who did Omega face during his brief time in WWE Developmental?
1: I think that time. Yeah. Mm.
0: I would never get this. Daniel Bryan? No, The Miz. Interesting. Who inspired Kenny Omega to continue wrestling when he was on the verge of retiring? Daniel Bryan. AJ Styles. Omega wrestled his first match as a member of the Bullet Club at which pay-per-view? I feel like this might might be getting into one. New Year's Dash? No, Wrestle Kingdom Uh 9. Who did Kenny Omega lose to at the first pay-per-view double or nothing? Jericho. Correct. When John Moxley canceled the match he and Kenny Omega were supposed to have at all out, who did Omega face instead? Pack. Correct. At Winter Is Coming on December second, who helped Kenny Omega win the AEW Championship against John Moxley?
1: Jonathan Callis.
0: Correct. At the pay-per-view Hard to Kill, Omega teamed with Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows to defeat who?
1: That was Swan Sabin and Moose, yeah.
0: Correct. Good. I couldn't remember. I honestly already you didn't couldn't remember. Wow. <laughs> I know, and that was recent. I was and I watched him. I him the
1: Machine Guns, but then I remember Shelly was out. I think he's in a MLW now. I think he's in a ladder match for the vacant open weight title.
0: Nice. At Revolution in March omega retained the title over moxley what stipulation was that match
1: oh yes an exploding barbed wire death match
0: right awful ending but great match
1: i thought it was pretty good yeah
0: excellent match i thought the end was obviously anticlimactic but a really good match i
1: mean it's kind of hard to really actually do that i guess right
0: but it was a other than if you're in
1: japan where they just do that whenever they feel like it
0: at rebellion who did omega beat and what title did he win and retain
1: So he beat Swan, retained the AEW title, and won the Impact World Unified title thing?
0: Good. That's correct. At Impact Wrestling Slam-aversary, who did Omega beat to retain the Impact World Championship in a no-DQ match? That was Callahan. That was Samuel
1: Callahan. Moose was um, against all odds, I think it was.
0: I think you're right. How many times has Omega been the IWGP Heavyweight Champion? Once. Correct. I thought I'd... I think most people assume more than that, right? Yeah. He has but, so no, many...
1: but it took him a while, and then he beat Okada.
0: Right. Who did Omega defeat in the finals of the
1: 2016 G1? Um. Ah. Oh, uh, I was just watching the the recount thing. Crap. Um, was it Naido? Nope. Uh, I'll
0: give you another chance. You seem like you might have it.
1: Ahashi? A... No. Wait, Abushi? Goto. Ah. Oh, like Hiroki Goto?
0: Yep. True or false, Omega became the first non-Japanese person ever to win G1. True. That is true. And
1: then there were only two non-Japanese in the in the finals, which was Carl Anderson and mm-hmm. Rick Rude.
0: Oh, yeah. Anderson had that run. Uh, Omega won ROH's feud of the year in 2018 after his feud with which wrestler?
1: Cody. yes
0: very good i don't know if i i don't
1: i know they had like a bullet club because so i wasn't of
0: watching roh then i don't think right that, so. i
1: think that was one of those things because i know they were also kind of because cody was trying to usurp him as bullet club Your leader power has been usurped and that kind of like because that was that was like the i think the main era of like the new japan ring right. of honor partnership
0: yes it was for sure how many times has pwi awarded omega with the match of the year
1: five no six
0: go the other direction three correct do you know what years
1: 2020 yes because that match was good yes 2018 yes um 2017 yes very good 17 cause, 18 20 because i think 17 18 okay, hold on okada can you name
0: the opponents
1: Were 20, 17 18 okada
0: correct and 20 was the bucks good so yes okada okada young bucks
1: Okada, Okada.
0: What sport did Kenny Omega play as a kid? Soccer. Oh, he's Canadian. Come on, man. Hockey. Correct.
1: Stereotype.
0: Last question. And you know what that means. (laughs) That's not fair. (laughs) In case you're a new listener, I try and pick an obscure one and stump him. I've asked a more obscure one than this. What was it? Adam Cole's pet's name or something, (laughs) the one? So when Kenny Omega... Sorry, what was Kenny Omega's, maybe it still exists, might be is, I don't know. His YouTube series called, in which he played some of his favorite video games. His YouTube series, come on.
1: Omega Gaming?
0: No, Cleaner's Corner. You don't know anything about Kenny Omega, how dare you? (laughs) Or wrestling in general, it's embarrassing. (laughs) But anyways, good job. Um, Hard ones at the beginning, then you crush through the middle, and then you didn't know the last couple, which is, you know, devastating. But what are you going to do? Anyways, that ends trivia. We'll take us back to talking. Oh, no, we're not going into Dynamite because it's not happening until tonight. So that's going to take us right into any other wrestling business. So I guess we'll start out talking about Impact Wrestling from two days ago on Thursday. And the episode starts, like it always does, with a recap. And this is of the past few weeks of Impact as we're sort of getting that final push heading into Bound for Glory tonight.
1: This is the go-home. So
0: they highlight the X Division... three-way match winners heading into the championship match at Bound for Glory. They also sort of show us uh, W. Morrissey winning the Battle Royal last week to earn, what, the last entry spot for the in next battle, battle Royal? Ro- right. Battle Royal for the Battle Royal. And they also end the recap sort of highlighting the battle tense... Battle Royal to help
1: you do good in the, the better Battle Royal. That's
0: right. Highlighting the tense moments between Christian and Josh Alexander in the sort of really strong build, I think, for that main event championship match. And then as the show starts... Um, proper, I guess, we get the Bullet Club, which is Hikaleo and Chris Bay, in this case, taking on Finjuice. So this match saw the referee get knocked out um, somewhere near the end, I guess more like the middle, and then obviously there's a cover by Finley, but no referee to call it. So a second ref comes down, and we end up, um, just to get to the end of this, with a double pinfall, as we get one man from each team pinning a man from the other team, And there's two referees now. so Is it a tornado tag? No. So each referee counts a different pinfall, right? So you're already seeing a problem with this. So nobody really knows who won the match after about nine and a half minutes. So basically all four men are involved. The original ref is now conscious, but one member of each. So Bay is pinning one of the members of Finjuice. I forget which one. And then the other is the Finjuice pinning the Bullet Club person. So both referees count right? So... But they
1: don't know who's actually legal?
0: That... it, they, It's funny you say that, okay? Because that's the exact point, right? Is this is not a hard thing to figure out, because there are only two legal men, right? And Chris Bay is not one of them. But anyways, um, the match was really long by impact standards, right? Almost getting 10 minutes. Parts of it were pretty good. I thought it started out really strong.
1: When you say long by impact standards, that sounds like long by... Um, NXT standards. NXT close. Standards, it's yeah.
0: close. Impact, I feel like, honestly, impact is the king of the four minute matches and NXT it's the three minute matches so it's very similar um so it started out looking good Bay is good in any combination with Finn Juice. hikaleo was fine too but he's definitely oh hikaleo is the, the star of the show okay he's the least accomplished of these four then there was kind of a lull in the middle there was a lengthy chin lock i think it was finley that had it applied then things picked back up and then we uh, what the really weak finish is what i thought as you're saying and you didn't even watch it Bay is not the legal man, because you're like, don't they know who the legal man is? Because that's how you would solve this problem, right? Or,
1: like, I could see the first ref at least getting confused, because, like, um, he, he was, was out. out. But right. then, like, or I don't know, just why don't they look back at the tapes? Don't they, right. like, it's so, supposed to be pretend real.
0: Bay was not the legal man, and they even talk about it later. So he's not eligible to pin anyone. So for me, this is a pretty cut-and-dried issue, right? But, you would think... Um, you would assume so and for me if you wanted to do a non-finish that's fine but why not a double count out or a a time limit draw that you never do or something Brothers
1: interference because they're heels right i mean i don't know if they're able to be here but
0: all of the confusion at the end seems pretty easy to resolve to me but apparently it's not for impact officials because we're going to come back to it right after this overall i think it was a pretty good opening match nothing amazing the finish hurt it for me because it just doesn't really make sense it's like you could have found a better way to accomplish the same thing, I think. Yeah. So, then we come back. Both teams and refs are backstage arguing about the finish to this match. Scott Damore joins them. So, they literally talk... He
1: joins in arguing? Or? Yes, to sort of
0: try and help them, right? So, they talk literally talk about Bay not being the legal man. But Damore still says he needs to go think about things. And he'll have an answer later tonight. So, even well, though, like...
1: Even though he admits... Like, there's only one right... And they
0: acknowledge it here, but he's like, I still don't know.
1: Was the legal man pinning Hecaleo?
0: See, I think so. But all I can remember... If
1: that is the case, then it's obviously Finjuice. Right,
0: so it's...
1: it would depend if the non-legal fin juice is pinning heckle. Then there's no right there. And
0: that's great if they explain that, but they never right. do, right? If so. they
1: elaborate more, then it's like it's really easy, simple. but.
0: So Demore says he'll be back with an answer tonight, which is kind of true and kind of not, because we just find out when they basically run down the card for Bound for Glory later. They just, oh, oh by the way, Damore decided this, right? So anyways... Uh, I get that they're trying to do something here. It just doesn't seem to really work the way they set it up, which is too well, bad.
1: Well, everyone wins, okay? Someone will win the titles and the Good Brothers don't have to lose. Right.
0: Um, we then get what was an incredibly long video with Josh Alexander just sort of sitting, talking to the camera about his journey like to... just
1: him or was it like back Just forth? him
0: to this title match so this was like eight or nine minute segments so this is longer than any sort of like prime target that we get on nxt I thought or those any-
1: are around this no was
0: yeah so i think some of the bigger ones are so basically in a nutshell he grew up poor kind of isolated uh parents divorced when he was really young he kind of s- sounds like he lived in the middle of nowhere he was also an overweight child sort of made fun of at school and then he kind of discovered wrestling and became obsessed He then sort of talks about his specific love for the X Division when he was a fan because he felt like regardless of what was going on in Impact, the X Division matches were very often steal the show and be match of the night, which is a very true thing back when I was watching um, Impact slash TNA as well. Uh, he then talks about breaking his neck. He's actually injured his neck twice, once was breaking it, and how that was really the I moment. I think
1: something is with his ear or something, which is why he has to wear the, the headgear. Ca- yeah,
0: so he talks about that was the moment where he really realized he needed to take things more seriously. It was something along the lines of he could always wrestle, but he knew he needed to improve his look and his size basically and his character work to his um sort of his acting whatever his character stuff to be able to tick all the boxes of a top performer and i think sort of breaking his neck was that moment where like you know your career could be taken away from you really quickly so you better you better work harder and get to where you want to be right um so he says it'll be historic for him to beat someone like christian to become champion he thinks he checks at least four of the five necessary boxes to do so um that kind of wraps it up again it was incredibly long eight minutes but i was captivated especially by the first you know two-thirds of this all of it was good but the first part where he was going over his childhood and and growing up was amazing uh this felt completely real and probably was for the most part and i thought it was fascinating and has to be it really really feels like this is impact getting ready to make this guy the face of their company which is what i want right get um get this title off a christian off somebody from another company. Although
1: I think it would have been better if omega had hung on to it or hung on to it for longer. I just time. don't
0: think they're willing to have omega lose to to Alexander like that. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I feel like that would have been cooler for Alexander. It would be bigger but... for him.
0: But again, this is someone a, a TNA legend returning, etc., etc., right? So we've got that. So I'm really happy for Alexander and the situation he's in right now because it looks to me That he's winning, and if he doesn't, I will be very surprised and somewhat disappointed. I thought this package was fantastic, one of my highlights of the show easily. So we then move to a um, three tag match, three team tag match that puts all of the people involved in the digital media championship yawn, or if that's what it's called, right? I was gonna say the internet belt, but I don't think that's right. Um, So they're in tag teams for this. So it's Jordan Grace and Fallaba versus Crazy Steve and Chelsea Green and John Schuyler and Tennille Dashwood. So D'Lo is annoying here because he's trying way too hard during the entrances to put over Decay as creepy and basically like a hush falls over the crowd and the tone changes and everybody's a little bit nervous because they're so creepy. Hope no, they're, they're basically baby faces that the crowd chants for. They chant like bite her face off and stuff constantly, right? So... Um, is bugging me a lot lately and more than they usually do. And Delo didn't help here. So this was like a four minute match with just lots of stuff going on. Not a lot of flow to it. Just kind of everybody get in and get stuff. But again, it was, we're back to where the knockouts will, sorry, the men will not get any offense in against the knockouts, Roni right? was a rarity. So a lot of it was teasing Fala ba, almost hitting stuff on um, the women, especially Chelsea Green to start. Uh, we get Skyler interfering, Crazy Steve knocks Skyler off the apron, hits his jumping DDT off the second rope to Ba, who actually had to stand there quite awkwardly waiting for that to happen, the timing wasn't great here, and then Tenille sort of shoves Crazy Steve to the floor, takes advantage, hits her spotlight kick to ba to pick up the win in, as I said, just over four minutes. I guess the match was fine for what it was, it was just a way to remind us of who is in this title match at Bound for Glory. And again, like I said, we're back to men getting no offense on women. Jordan Grace, I thought, was the highlight of this. She had a really nice sequence taking on um John Schuyler somewhere in the middle of this. I don't think there was really enough time for this many people to do anything really impressive. So it ended up kind of feeling clustered and rushed. And I don't have any interest in a digital championship. Um, I'm not a guy who likes them, including internet stuff on their show. So I'm hoping these stay as sort of separate things but who knows well I guess we'll find out we'll figure out what they're going to do with it um Rhino is in the ring now he looks all conflicted and he's about to speak but Heath's music hits he makes his way to the ring with a microphone as well Heath basically starts talking about how confused he is by Rhino's actions and Rhino at this point won't even look him in the eye. So Heath again recaps his injury, Rhino's lack of communication as he recovered from that injury despite their long sort of close history apparently. Heath then blames Eric Young and Violent by design for all of it. He begs Rhino to say something. He tells Rhino he loves him, that his family, his names, his kids specifically, that they miss Uncle Rhino. Rhino even starts to crack a smile here, which I thought he did a good job of, and the crowd is chanting Uncle Rhino. Violent by Design's music hits, they make their way to the ring. Eric Young says, Violent by Design is forever, and Rhino can't just walk away from them. Violent by Design is Rhino's family now. Heath and Iwa, uh Eric Young, sorry, they're kind of standing on either side of Rhino, and going back and forth, it's like they're both talking in one ear of Rhino, which I thought was a smart way to position it. So they're going back and forth. Heath says Rhino's been brainwashed by Violent by Design. Heath then puts a hand on Eric Young. Diener attacks immediately. And Rhino finally pulls Diener off of Heath and tosses him. But then Rhino kind of slowly backs up into the corner, looking like he might be setting up to gore Heath. And obviously uh, Eric Young is trying to talk him into it. So you're left wondering what's going on. Rhino slides out of the ring though, leaves Violent by Design to continue to attack Heath and no sort of reaction from Rhino. Eric Young does what he's been doing lately. He goes and gets the violent by design flag, breaks it over Heath's back as the other two members are sort of holding Heath's arms. He
1: must have like a flag mechanic on speed dial. Or he's
0: got the, he's got like a, he stockpiled the whole bottom (laughs) in bulk. He he, bought some bulk flag poles. He bulk ordered them. Yep. Um, And Heath is yelling for Rhino. Rhino does nothing. They snap it over Heath's back and drape the flag over his face. Um... So I think this was all presented really well. I just don't really care. I feel like they're spending a lot of time and energy on something where the outcome feels totally obvious to me. If they do end up swerving us at Bound for Glory and Rhino stays heel and kills Heath, then I might be interested. But it really feels clearly telegraphed that Rhino was going to, in fact, join Heath, obviously, right, and break away from Violet by Design. I'm just not that interested. It feels like it's really, really obvious and telegraphed here. And I don't think the involvement of Rhino, like he's done some quick flips back and forth here. But anyways, everyone involved here did a good job, I think. It just doesn't connect with me personally. So then we get a Minoru Suzuki vignette. He's coming to impact. And that honestly, to me, feels crazy to say. Like Minoru Suzuki is going to be an impact. Weird. And I'm hoping maybe in impact he can actually get a win in North America because he doesn't seem to at this point. But impact might be a place where he could pick up a win or two. That would be great. So then we move into Mickey James. Do you remember? She has a pick your poison match. Do you remember who her opponent is?
1: Savannah Evans.
0: You do listen to my recaps. It is, in fact, Savannah Evans. Uh, and again, Deanna Perrazzo picked this opponent for James ahead of their championship match at Bound for Glory, hence, it being called a pick your poison match. So, Savannah obviously was Should chosen. It be like
1: your poison picked or whatever. Because you're James not picking isn't... your own poison. You're right. picking someone else's poison. Or your, your poison has been picked.
0: It's pick their poison match. Right. I think more appropriately. Exactly. So, uh, savannah is a d- large powerhouse right so the idea is diana has chosen someone that's going to do a lot you of know, damage to the poison
1: sounds like it sounds like that would be their knockoff of spin the wheel make the deal
0: which is amazing coming <laughs> up oh yes Oh no. so we, we already we already talked it is coming about up next earlier.
1: week though there will be more yes, wheels to be spun there will be
0: so savannah obviously overpowers mickey early but james of course uh counters with her speed and quickness and some kicks to get control Tasha gets involved because she's here with Savannah. She grabs she grabs Mickey's foot at one point. That allows Savannah to land a boot to stop Mickey's attack and take over again. But in the end, Mickey hits a top rope Meteora for a two-count. Deanna Perrazzo's music hits. She comes out um, to the ramp. And again, that little distraction allows Evans to take control with a full Nelson slam for a two count. Mickey gets out of the way. Evans gets posted to end this. James lands a couple of kicks to the head like a spinning back kick, then a front kick. Lands her... Shit kick, you mean? Yes. Tornado DDT or whatever it is. And picks up the win after seven and a half minutes. After the match, Perrazzo gets on the apron and in James' face and even shoves Perrazzo. So why is that a problem? Do you remember?
1: Oh, yeah. The- why? the no touchy touch they have
0: a non-contact clause that perazzo just violated anyways ray walt sneaks into the ring behind mickey james and takes her it with a clothesline so we do actually get <gasps> man How on dare knockout he. he
1: broke the rules right
0: so uh, man this was just a straightforward match the monster heel using her power to dominate a lot i still find evans to be somewhat limited and she really only executes basic stuff like The most sophisticated thing she did here was a full Nelson slam, and it didn't look that amazing, to be honest. I think that James struggled a bit too much here because Evans has not been presented as a top star in Impact, even though she did win what was that the Monsters Ball match, but she was barely involved in that too. So James was sort of like really having trouble with Savannah Evans and even had to bite her at one point to slow her down. James is the veteran. And she's heading into a championship match, right? So if you can barely beat... Savannah Evans. What
1: hope do you have against Dion? Right. Frickin' Perrazzo. And
0: technically, Perrazzo did touch Mickey James here, so she should be stripped of the title because that was what we were told. And commentary... do
1: you want her to lose the title? No,
0: but commentary are even struggling a little bit here because she did come into contact with her. Anyways, the match was nothing special. I guess it was a way for the babyface to take some damage, right? That's going to be the point in the match is that Mickey got beaten up by this monster and then Matthew Raywall after so maybe she's not at full strength because I think Perazzo is going to retain but who knows uh so Deanna is then um asked after this at, about the no contact clause she says she did nothing wrong she didn't hit Mickey her drama king did it for her but Scott Damore walks up
1: but she shoved her still
0: Right, and Deanna says, you can't yell at me or do whatever you're going to do because I didn't do anything wrong. DeMora says, yes, it was Raywalt, but he also saw Deanna make contact with Mickey. So I was happy here because they are acknowledging it, right? Because I didn't want them to just not acknowledge it. Um, but anyways, it's not doesn't get great here. So she did violate the non-contact clause, and he could strip her of the title, but he doesn't. Okay, because he wants her to lose the title in the ring at Bound for Glory. So then
1: why do you even put that stipulation in place? Right.
0: So Ray starts to speak, Damore cuts him off and says that Raywalt is banned from ringside, and if he violates that, then Ray and Diana Perazzo are suspended forever. And as we know, isn't
1: that just firing them? But has
0: their right? That, I didn't like that phrasing either. Suspended no, forever suspended is your. fire.
1: suspended is literally like temporary. Correct. So like that's I, the whole point. But of again, being suspended.
0: I mean. When Scott Damore makes a stipulation, he definitely sticks to it, right? right?
1: No, and, like, if, I'm, if I <laughs> get... Except
0: for this time.
1: If I get suspended from school forever, right, I'm not expelled. That's, no, not at all. It's completely different.
0: But you make a stipulation saying that non-contact... Contradict
1: you get, it, but you, then put in another right. stipulation... So what 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 do they have to be afraid of?
0: Are we to believe that this is the stipulation he's actually going to honor?
1: Yeah the the other one didn't really matter. Right, okay, that so. was just
0: to get ready for the real one. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> yes. so get get ready there's ready some problems
0: the here. One. Obviously, I find this makes Damore look really weak. Right, he doesn't enforce a clear stipulation that we all witnessed, and then he immediately makes another one. Like, why that should we're we believe? To, right.
1: like, will he even also care about?
0: So and I thought that was an issue here. Then we go to Brian Myers with, what is it, the learning tree? Yes. And it's how to be a professional, Chapter 44, Consequences. So Myers <sighs> says that last week was an embarrassing failure. What was and last week blood needs to be spilled. So remember how he favors VSK, even though VSK is the newest member of this group. And VSK lost last week. So that's his issue, right, is that there's been problems. But it's kind of interesting because he's not going to blame VSK for the loss to Swan. He blames uh, Manny Lemons and Zicky Diced because they basically didn't come down to the ring. And they're kind of like Beal as well. They're like, well, you told us specifically not to. And Myers is like, that was a test and you guys failed it, right? (laughs) Because he's still trying to protect VSK for whatever reason. He's like the favorite one of this group. The favorite child. Right away, Myers basically future endeavors Manny Lemons and he's been cut from the group. So then Beale's doing his thing where he's kind of the innocent, naive one. I said he's trying to suck up in my notes, but I don't even know if that's true. He's just kind of like the naive, immature one of the group. to please or something? Yes, maybe? exactly. So Myers says that still more heads need to roll. So then Beal tries to take over. He's got like a clipboard and he tries to basically cut Zicky Dice. And then kind of VSK. But Myers tells Beale that he's the one that has been cut. No! So Beal is disappointed and sad here. And he asks Myers for one last favor to sign a picture of Myers before he goes. But Myers can't even be bothered to do that. And gets VSK to sign it for him. Um... So I can't believe this, but I actually feel sympathy for Sam Beal. He has done a really good job playing the naive rookie that's like looking up to his mentor. That this Even segment Even
1: though he's like a garbage human.
0: Yeah, and this segment actually worked for me. And it leaves you kind of wondering what's gonna happen with Beal. So I can't believe I'm saying it, but I've kind of liked the learning tree segments. Um I think they really underuse Zicky Dice specifically so far, um, and it looks like Manny Lemons is gone. So we'll see where Beal goes, but I actually think I, I have some sympathy for Beal, which is crazy. Uh, we then move into Scott Demore's office and Diana De- Parazo's old entertainment barrister. Basically, she used a lawyer a few times earlier. He's in Demora's office, and now he's representing Inspiration. So they're not here, but their representative is. And Decay magically appear... I don't... Appear. I can
1: understand why they have a rep- uh, representative, because they're pretty iconic they,
0: they are. Uh, Decay magically appear through teleportation or whatever, Yay. and they're there to sign the contract. Rosemary is annoyed that the pen has ink in it, because she'd rather sign in blood. Like, ugh, it's so... Rosemary, stop. Rosemary tells the lawyer they'll be at Boundful Glory to bite the inspiration's faces off. I basically can't that stand... That doesn't
1: even sound like an empty threat.
0: <laughs> I can't stand Rosemary's acting. She's so over the top, and I say it lately, it's high school drama stuff. It takes me out of every scene she's in right now. I can't stand it. Havoc comes across as a total afterthought, because she just sits there and lets Rosemary do everything. But I guess on the plus side, this was short. We then get uh, our final match of the night, which on paper sounds fantastic. It's Alex Zane taking on Trey Miguel. And I I showed you that I thought they were wearing very similar gear, right? Like, what was it? Black and blue tights, basically. I like think Zane same...
1: was a little more purple, but oh, was I, don't, a... I don't remember. There's
0: my colorblindness. But to me, they looked very similar. Deficiency. Se- very similar, yes. extreme, Severe color deficiency. Um, we get lots of holds and counters and respect applause from the crowd to start out. Matthews points out early... That this match is slower than expected, and I would definitely have to agree. We get a moonsault by Miguel to Zane on the floor at one point, and then I told you there was a really cool front flip into a top rope rana by Alex Zane. I
1: think it's called a dragon rana. I
0: believe you. Uh, we get Trey hits the Nando's kick, the six one nine in the corner, and a meteora off the top to pick up the win.
1: I don't love that meteora. It just doesn't. Like I don't
0: either. It's not super impactful. Especially like
1: I mean. I, I like the move as like when they're standing. And, yeah. But I don't think it's ever A really finisher. like finisher material. I
0: would agree. So Macklin runs down, attacks Trey after the match, hits his mayhem for all, and then the Bullet Club run down, beat down Macklin, and um El Fantasmo punches Miguel in the balls to end the segment seems <laughs> to be one of his signature moves. Now. I saw
1: something that um they thought these guys thought that um Bullet Club should get like like ELP should win the X Division title he could. and then I think and that then Day and Hikaleo win the tag titles. Yeah, I guess they like I mean that's better than Good Brothers.
0: They need to strengthen that faction and like exactly right. Give so. us a little bit more backstory. And I feel like even.
1: Bullet Club's kind of dead in Japan, right? Yes. They definitely had their time, and I think it's almost getting. Not quite as bad, but NWO to, like, it's right. just been too long.
0: And they're not really in Impact doing anything other than, hey, they're the bullet club. Like, there's no build of them or we don't learn anything about any of the people in it. It's just they're the bullet club and they cheat and they do stuff. So I would like some character development, but we'll see. Uh, this match I thought was strange. I guess they're trying to showcase different style from usual. But, like, I loved the triple threat these two had with Laredo Kid a couple weeks ago. So I was hoping for more of that. Like, I was kind of excited for this match. But this was more like traditional grounded holds and submissions. Really not much high flying at all. Didn't really feel like X Division competitors. And I'm kind of puzzled by the choice on a show where there wasn't a ton of good wrestling. This was the match where I was like, okay, I'm going to get something awesome here that I can recommend. But no, I don't think the match was bad. But these two are capable of so many impressive moves. And we really only saw a couple here, like one or two from each guy. It felt like two high flyers were trying to work safe, and maybe they were ahead of Bound for Glory or Trey, I don't know. But uh, I found this match somewhat disappointing. I don't think it was bad, but based off of what I've seen them do before, uh, this was not what I was expecting at all. So then we get a rundown of the Bound for Glory card, which you're going to do later, so I won't get into detail now. But the only real nugget of interest here is that I guess Scott Demore decided that the tag team title match now needs to be a triple threat, even though Chris Bay clearly was not the legal man involved earlier today. So it feels like yet another misstep by Damore tonight, who's kind of making some weird decisions along the way. But I guess they're just trying to get where they want to get at Bound for Glory, and that's what they, the route they decided to take. So the main event segment involves the um, Impact World Championship competitors. So Josh Alexander comes out to the ring first to speak. He says that in two days he'll be challenging for the Impact Wrestling World Championship. He risked his X Division title for this match. But what is a risk when he thought he'd never take another risk again? I think referring to his neck injuries and thinking his career was done. He thought he'd live a safe life, working every day. I think construction is what he said for his family. But by the grace of God, or whatever you believe in, he got to come back to the business he loves. He's scratched and he's clawed to get where he is right now, and he's taking every risk to show his sons that every risk yields the biggest rewards christian then makes his way down he says here we are two days from bound for glory and he's been here before he's been on the biggest stages in this industry he's wrestled may
1: have been to wrestlemania loser
0: he's wrestled for and won world championships he's been in legendary matches that pay-per-views were named after i assume that's a reference to tlc he says it comes down to pressure and how josh deals with it Pressure is a fickle thing, Christian says. Some fade under pressure, while others like Christian thrive under pressure and win world titles. As much as Christian respects Josh Alexander, nothing Josh has done in the past few weeks tells him that Josh has it in him. Josh says he's heard all this criticism before, and that it's all too familiar. Josh has something to prove now, just like Christian Cage needed to years ago when he first came to Impact. I think he said in 2004, if that sounds right. No,
1: it was... I think it was like two thousand five, at least. Or it might be. have been oh four, but I, I think that's what I he said. I don't think it was. 04. But I
0: didn't make a specific note of that. Alexander says, as long as he's uh, cashing the check of a billionaire who owns a different company, which I kind of liked, he'll never be the face of Impact Wrestling. At Bound for Glory, he'll bring the title home where it belongs and slam the forbidden door in Christian's face. I also like that. Christian says Alexander is not even the best wrestler from Canada, let alone in the ring overall.
1: I mean, that's kind of true because Omega's from Canada. True. There's a lot of
0: Canadian talent. Josh says if Christian thinks pissing him off will work to his advantage, we'll see how that works and he sort of... Takes a shot at Christian, and they start to brawl. Security tries he to... He shot s- Christian? No, takes a shot. Security <laughs> tries to separate them, but they... Well, he's a walking weapon, so... Exactly. Maybe. He tries...
1: He's, sec- he, oh, he's a walking weapon. He just shot him with a finger gun. Boom. That's how no one caught him.
0: <laughs> Security can't keep them away from each other, so the locker room clears out to try and help. Everyone's oh, out yeah, there to break it up. Oh, would love to see it. Got to. Christian then sort of ends the show holding the Impact World title above his head.
1: I just thought... It's kind of funny how... Because on AEW, they did, like, the thing where... um. They took Christian out in that eight-man tag or whatever, right? Yep. And And he wasn't. He's been absent, and yep. then and then he's freaking on like Impact, like having arguments with Alexander, doing this. So I don't know, kind of funny. More inconsistent inconsistencies, but a little bit. Are, yes. Do, they're still taping, yeah. Th- yes. So they are. I guess then that's why they're kind of inconsistent, but I still think it's kind of funny.
0: Uh, for a go-home show to a major pay-per-view, I wasn't really impressed with this show. Uh, Impact, I think, has done a great job building Alexander Christian in the main event. It really does feel like a big fight where we're going to get passing of the torch to the next face of the company. I really hope. I also think the Mickey James Gianna Perazzo match has been built well. But other than that, nothing really stands out on the card. I do think the X Division match could also be fantastic, regardless of the build that I don't think has been quite as strong. But that match itself could be pretty awesome. So on this show, I don't think there were any impressive matches at all. The Bullet Club fin juice opener was pretty good, but again, the finish was kind of took me out of it a bit. The Zayn Miguel match, nothing wrong with it, but it was disappointing compared to what they're capable of. And then in between, we got what I didn't think were great matches of with uh, Mickey James Evans and then the, um, I guess you'd call it an intergender tag team match, right? Leading into the internet mm-hmm. title, whatever it is. So those two matches I didn't think were great. Segment-wise, I loved everything involving Christian and Josh Alexander, and I think Impact deserves a lot of credit here for doing a good job with like just a really realistic build and feud between these two that I've really enjoyed pretty much the whole way through. Violent by Design and Heath did a fine job. I just don't really care about that story at this point. The Knockouts tag contract signing was not good, and Rosemary's really, I think, just bad and frustrating and annoying. And the Perrazzo-Mickey James interaction was fine. And I actually kind of like the Learning Tree segment and feel bad for Sam Beale. So I'm going to give this show a B-minus this week, largely due to the fantastic Josh Alexander lengthy video segment, as well as the main main event interaction between Alexander and Christian. And to me, those were the only real standout highlights. And I would actually recommend people... Go seek. I wouldn't be surprised if Impact has just posted that Josh Alexander video. I bet you they've posted it on YouTube. Or I on thought
1: Instagram, because They usually yeah, post like even like full matches or something. I like thought
0: that. it was fantastic. You know me, I like reality, and that was just Josh Alexander sitting down and talking about like his life and getting to this point. And I thought it was great. So I would say watch that show overall. Not super necessary for you to check out, but a B minus. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't very amazing either. All right, so. Um, we watched Rampage last night. I'll give yeah. some quick thoughts on it. Uh, opening match was Orange Cassidy defeated Hobbs with a Mahi Straw Cradle, right? I, think it,
1: trap, actually, I think it so, most trap, that, was... actually. What was it? Trap, because that's his thing, yeah.
0: Um, so this Hobbs was...
1: Hobbs got angry at the ref and whatnot.
0: This was Cassidy with his ribs taped from two weeks ago, right? Where he got leg dropped through a table by Hardy. In the
1: latter match. So
0: Hobbs dominated basically the entire match targeting Cassidy's ribs. And I thought he looked pretty good doing it, um... He it was like methodically just attacking Cassidy's ribs, and then he sort of took exception. Right, the finish, the ref was sort of stopping his attack of Cassidy because Cassidy was in the corner. So he kind of picked up the ref and moved him out of the way, and then Cassidy snuck in and got the pinfall. Right, I thought it was an okay match, and I thought Hobbs looked pretty good. Like Cassidy didn't do anything really.
1: The finish was, I mean, it it wasn't great, but it was it wasn't like it was it was realistic, I guess.
0: Right. Um. And what then we had. Penta came to the ring, right? And there were two guys in the crowd in Super Rana masks and he sort of ripped off their masks and I can't... I don't know. Did we see it? Did he like bring them in the ring or did anything go on from there? No,
1: FTR attacked them after. Oh, right.
0: Okay. Then we got Anna Jay and Britt Baker. Baker ended up winning the match with the Lockjaw, obviously... Uh, and then at the end, after the match, she puts the lockjaw in again. Tay Conti runs down, forces Britt to obviously Number retreat. Number one
1: contender, which... Why is she getting a towel shot? Number five is first. We so, all know that. Right.
0: So I thought Jay showcased some more mat work than usual. I think her elbow strikes look good, but her kicks to me, man, looked really slow and weak. Like... I, And when she's going to miss them, you know, I I always point that out with some inexperienced wrestlers, like the moves they do that they're supposed to miss sometimes really don't look good. And I think she's kind of
1: like they know they're going to miss. Right.
0: So she kind of it looks like when you and Nate used to be in Taekwondo and they would have you do light contact sparring, you know what I mean? Like, you're clearly pulling your kicks. You're not kicking hard. I feel like that's what she looks like on all of her kicks. Yes,
1: let's talk more about Taekwondo. I think she
0: has massive potential, and she keeps adding things to her offense, but she needs to work on, like, linking things together quickly and more cleanly. Uh, I thought it was a solid match, I guess. It sets up Tay Conti and Britt next, so I didn't think it was bad. Then we got some comments from both competitors ahead of the main event. Andrade basically says he's beaten Pac before and he'll do it again. And Pac needs to remember that Andrade has friends all over the world. So I don't know what that reference was to, but... He does have
1: friends in Japan, probably from LIJ. If he's teasing somebody coming or something, though?
0: Like, why would he make that now? I
1: mean the ending he does someone does come i guess that's true
0: so pack then talks about he had the first match won before the shenanigans in the ipad shot and he says he'll get revenge tonight so then we get the andrade pack match that i was super looking forward to obviously it had been recorded and they talked about people saying that there was tons of hype right that this might be the best tv match since blah 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 i don't know but anyways, since
1: the, like a month ago,
0: <laughs> like to preface this, Andrade and Pac are literally packs. Oh,
1: my God. Literally, uh, this would have been the best TV match since a month ago because September right. 22nd was Brian and Omega. And right. Yesterday would have been Oct. Oh, my God. That's actually funny.
0: So these are two of my probably five favorite wrestlers in the world. And I'd heard all the hype for this match. So I was like, this is appointment viewing for me. And the match was really good, don't get me wrong, but it did not live up to the it hype for good, me. It was good,
1: but I think I almost liked it less because, like, it was just too overhyped. It was. And I, my, I set my expectations way too high just based off of what I had heard people saying. And like, I hated the, the
0: lengthy commercial break right in the middle of it. That hurt the, it for me, yes, too. Yes,
1: because I feel like if you're live, that was probably much right. better, right? But yes, like, the, t- like the two commercial breaks are so really, like... Just kind of take you out of like it. I feel like we were missing a lot, and too. I did.
0: we did actually watch it yes. on Picture in Picture. But it's not the same. It is it, it
1: doesn't really work. And, like, I you don't know, it, just, it does, like, it feels like you're missing a lot of the match.
0: So I liked Kenny Omega, Daniel, or sorry, Brian Danielson much more than this. And that's with and me. you love
1: both of these guys. Right. And
0: I like both Pac and Andrade better than I like either Omega or Daniel Bryan. So for me to say that, like, that's clearly me being honest there, right? I'm not sure... How I feel about the uh, Malachi Black, because that was what you're talking about, right? Black kind of came down. I, There's some sort of alliance. On paper,
1: I love that, because Black and Andrei are awesome. Yes. Um, I really hated Cody ruining the moment, because that's just so Cody. Right. So but...
0: describe what happened at the end. I didn't so even know. over it. Basically,
1: it was a pack one, yeah?
0: Yeah, uh um, yes.
1: Yeah, pack one with like a inside crail small package. Lights go out like almost immediately after. Like
0: and even the commentary was like I think pack one, right? Like they're basically like you couldn't even it was almost right. like the lights covered the almost the final count. Right. Sort of and thing.
1: then Black shows up, Miss Pack grabs the chair, Arn does a finger gun, Cody right. comes from behind, does Cody stuff. I really hated him that like he's just able to easily reprimand both Andrade and Malachi Black, especially because Malachi Black has like destroyed him, him by himself right. too, and so now you're throwing Andrade in the mix. It, it was just very Cody, but on paper, um, Black Andrade alliance is very appealing. And if Zelina Vega is ever uh, g- able to get to E. W., then that's uh, she's the
0: queen of the ring, dude. She's she's that's, busy.
1: That's true, <laughs> but like she has links to both Andrade and Black, so. Yeah. That would be really cool. I'm, but even without Zelina, I'm open to that alliance because I think it would be really cool.
0: Uh, So I'm hoping or wondering, I guess, if it's Andrade just, again, paying for this support. I hope
1: it's not because I think right? that would be... Either a really cool alliance, like a la Moose Morrissey, or that would be a kick-ass tag team.
0: It would. They're, I don't know how their oh. characters work together, but I trust AEW My to sort of figure it out. My new dream match
1: them versus the Lutra Bros, because that would be insane. It
0: would. Speaking of the Queen of the Rings stuff, awesome. did you hear how long the, all of the matches for the women added together was? Uh, so what was there? No. Seven matches, right? Is that right?
1: There, I think it was like an eight-person tournament, I th- right. think. Yes. So. so that
0: would put seven matches, right? Would it? Yeah. Right? I don't know. Four plus two, plus one. Yes. Right? Um, so I heard the total for those seven matches was 19 minutes and change. That's
1: the, that's the same length as the triple threat match, women's match at Crown Jewel. So Duel.
0: that is them, to me, <laughs> just completely disrespecting that division, right? And just yeah. saying, we, we know we and have to... And I've seen to- some of
1: the finishes. They re- They were really... Like, lame, we
0: have to offer a women's tournament, or people were are gonna complain that we're leaving them out, but they really we don't
1: really want to, and we don't think we can, like so we'll half ass it.
0: Afterthought seems to be the correct word, right? But, anyways, yes. um, so yeah, I, I thought it was
1: everyone because they don't care, why should we?
0: I thought it was an okay episode of Rampage, but it kind of felt like the main event was all that really was important there.
1: And then it also under-delivered just because the sheer yes. hype just... It, if I if it hadn't been so oversold to me, I probably would have liked it a little better. Like, honestly. I
0: came in expecting my comments to be like, this is a match of the year contender for me because I love these two guys and it blew me away, but it didn't. I'm not yeah, going to... I thought it was th- very good. I don't
1: even think it was much better than the first one, if I'm being honest. Like, I also agree better. with that statement. Both I think I are... might have enjoyed the first one more. I think I did, too, just because um, it was the first and I didn't have to get, like... I didn't have to, like overly build up him head obviously we did because it's packing and andrade right. but like this one was like praised by like seemingly everyone else
0: right we had heard this this is like a, an amazing tv match so it was very good but not lived up to the hype yeah um that wraps up rampage do you want to you wanted to talk about the bound for glory card and maybe yeah. just talk about it quickly yeah so we'll Go ahead. talk about
1: it quick we probably won't record any predictions but
0: no i, I mean i might give mine now but nothing crazy
1: Mm-hmm. um so christian cage alexander i'm just gonna go in order of the website alexander's gotta
0: win i think yeah at this point. i would say so as well and i'm thrilled with that yeah idea, I, he's amazing
1: i don't know what would who'd you book as his first challenge oof I,
0: I don't know maybe we go back to ace austin i'm not i don't ace really, austin would be cool but they've uh, how i
1: moves they've just, could see, yeah, they've just of... done
0: such an amazing job of building alexander as like a realistic character too which is what he'd been lacking to this point he'd always been the quieter part of a really good tag team, right? And now it's like really he is a singles guy and he can talk and do his own. And thing. And I
1: feel like this is the same thing that we were saying for the Lucha Bros and now like probably Hangman is now you now you open this to so many more heel challengers because yes. like yeah, Keith has been reigning for a bit, but it was it's largely been Omega, right? So. And I mean,
0: it could be it could be Strowman debuting as a heel too, and that becomes yep the first way to go. We'll see, but there's Maybe, lots. of I, options. I could
1: see him being in the Gauntlet. You match, got Moose. Or you got you Morrissey. Get it in yet like um. A Ray Walt did. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh next we have Perrazzo Mickey James.
0: I think Perrazzo retains. I don't know. She's had the championship forever. I just don't but know. At the same
1: time, Mickey James isn't really one of their people. And she's an and executive
0: she's, for NWA. I don't know if she has the time or And she's
1: kinda old now.
0: Yeah, I think she's still good. I think the match will be really good. I think Pia Purrazzo probably retains, would yeah. be my guess.
1: I think they are maybe they can re get Ka- Kylie Ray. That would be she's, awesome. She's think, she's in yeah. NWA right now. Yeah. Yeah. And for Benny Um. Next, we have. Uh, <laughs> it says The Decay. Ugh. <laughs> uh, versus The Inspiration.
0: I hope The Inspiration just are booked.
1: I think it should be The Inspiration. It's their debut, and Decay are like, just lackluster. And they're such a legit tag team for me. It, like, they, they were just... one of WWE's legit teams in that division, yes. and then they just. Just split them up for, and then, and then almost immediately, like it's not even like cause I like I think it was supposed cause they wanted to do stuff with Peyton Royce, but then they right, just stuck they her did. with Lacey Evans.
0: Yeah, they just disbanded them and then did nothing with either of them, and then they were gone. Although
1: Billie Kay did have the funny bit in the row and world. I don't that even think
0: they're funny. amazing in the ring. I think Peyton Royce is. I think pretty they're good. just entertaining. But Decay have done nothing for me. They just kind of threw havoc in there because after Nevaeh was gone, they needed something to do, and her look fits the Decay aesthetic, so they shoved her in there. But like Rosemary drives me crazy. I want to get her away from the microphone at this point. So I'm hoping that the Inspiration win this in their debut. Uh,
1: call your shot, Gauntlet.
0: Um, who, who do we know who's in that? We just know the who's... ones
1: that it says on here is Swan, Myers, Moose, Morrissey, Eddie Edwards, TBA.
0: I'm wondering if it's gonna lead to some sort of Moose Morrissey confrontation at the end, and wanna... we figure out where that goes. Yeah.
1: So... Um, I'm just trying. To... Think what a possible? I think,
0: I think Moose as a call your shot winner would be kind of cool. And yeah, that would put I could him also see potential Alexander. with
1: a uh, Strowman if yep. he debuts here. Yep, Alexander That's Moose would be cool.
0: They could call that shot. I uh-huh.
1: guess. Uh um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I I can't think. I get, I I will go with Morrissey because I like Morrissey you do
0: like Morrissey I I do not want to see him in a singles match with Josh Alexander but that's just me I'd rather see Moose, frankly but anyways what else we got
1: Carmelo Hayes has shown us you don't have to go for the big boy that's right
0: you can go for the secondary title
1: (laughs) or if you're Rhino go for the tag titles right uh three-way X division title match
0: remind me who's in that ELP
1: Macklin and Trey
0: uh, I feel like Elp is gonna Elp sorry is gonna win. I just I hope, also I, I hope gonna, it's not Trey. I'm fine with Macklin because he's been awesome. I'm gonna and
1: go with uh, Elp.
0: Macklin's low key undefeated right now, so that might matter too. Or I guess they could have they him don't, not. He doesn't
1: have to lose. Right.
0: He doesn't have to take the pin. I think that's most likely Elp pins Miguel. and yep. away we go.
1: Uh, Skyler, Bog, Grace, Steve, Rain, Green, uh, Digital Media, Thingamajig.
0: No idea who they want to have. I
1: I would say Jordan Grace. I heard like that. Yeah. I think that'd be good for her to carry that belt.
0: But then, so I guess that championship going forward could be held by men or women is what they're trying to say, which is kind of an interesting thing to do. And if that's the case, Jordan Grace is by far the most legit opponent for men. Because she's wrestled a bunch of men and looked awesome, so yeah, I would say Jordan Grace is my front runner, and I'd love Jordan Grace, so I hope she gets it.
1: Of uh, VBD versus Heath and Blank.
0: Don't care, but I assume it's going to be Rhino joining with Heath, and that they crush Violent by Design and end that feud because it seems like the most telegraphed thing ever. So it's kind of lost my interest. Yeah, to be honest.
1: I would go with the same. Yeah. Um,
0: I hope I'm wrong, then. and they swerve me because I'd be way more interested if they do.
1: Yeah. And then finally Good Brothers versus Finn Jews versus Bullet Club Ugh. uh tag titles.
0: Um hopefully Bullet Club I'm like getting with get, Bullet Club Good Brothers aren't even there anymore. They're basically way more involved with AEW than they are Impact. They've just been doing those stupid little like off the cuff vignettes. It feels like as they're on the road with AEW reminding us they still exist and are the champions. So get the belts off them. Send them to AEW. Send them anywhere. I just don't need to see them anymore. No, um, don't so,
1: send them an AEW. Why would they go? No.
0: I think Bullet Club needs something to make them a bit l- more legitimate. So I I imagine that's the route we're going to take. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, you said there is nothing for figuring it out this week. No new drops or no new no. rumors of anything. So I think that's going to bring us to the end of episode 66. Yes, yeah? sir. And we will be back. I'll be back Monday or Tuesday for sure to talk about Ring of Honor. I think 527 we're up to. I and plan, you, you
1: also Bound for Glory. Plan
0: on watching Bound for Glory. Are you interested in watching any of it? I might, yeah. Okay, so we may sit down and talk about that as well at some point. I don't know when we'll have time. But again, we have a week off coming up, so I should be able to carve out time to do that. Uh, so keep an eye out for a couple things coming out this week. Other than that, we'll definitely be back here on Saturday for episode 67. Oh, we also have to do Dynamite. Yeah, 66B. 66B, we'll, we'll just be looking at Dynamite that's on tonight. We'll be and then coming 67 out. 67
1: will be back to normal. Wow, we got a lot. Uh, Dynamite is right. on Wednesday.
0: So keep an eye out. We got a bunch of stuff coming out, it looks like. And I'd just like to point out to any listeners it's all free because any other podcasts I listen to that are putting out this much stuff, there's a Patreon, there's some paywall behind you get their main show and then you get everything else if you pay for it we're still giving you as much coverage as we can possibly fit into our week for free so I hope you appreciate it we really do appreciate anyone that's listening to anything that we put out there we look forward to seeing you back here on Saturday if not before and until then take care